Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Why in the world am I sitting back and being quiet about this? Matt Hayes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Mia O'Brien. My nose just decided to start bleeding. And Leon Searcy. Now you're yeah. just talking Tom yeah. Foolery. Yeah. Hump Day is here. Aaron Judge has gotten paid. And Joe Coward is somewhere at the Golf Club of Southampton. But we will find him. We will track him down because this is a team sport after all, folks. It is XL Primetime on a Wednesday in lovely Duval County. Mia O'Brien, Leon Searcy, Matt Hayes, J.J. LaSelva, Joe C. will join us in just a little bit from the Toys for Tots golf outing going going on right now at the Golf Club of Southampton. You can stop by, say hi, and you can drop off an unwrapped toy for children in need that they will be collecting, the Toys for Tots drive. We were supposed to be down there with Joe C., but as many of you know who have experienced the various internet and Phone service outages across Northeast Florida today. Wanted to play it safe, make sure we could bring you the latest and greatest in the sports world right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Doug Peterson met with the media this morning for the first time since Monday and since we had a little bit of an update on Trevor Lawrence's injury situation. It is indeed a toe injury. You will hear from Doug Peterson coming up a little bit later in the program and Leon, from what Joe, or excuse me, from what Joe, from what Doug has said, it's a sprained big toe. When I say sprained big toe, what's your reaction to that? Well, I mean, you, you hope it's not a turf toe. I mean, those things can be lingering. Uh, I've never had one, but I think a turf toe is probably worse. So if it's a sprained big toe, I guess that gives us hope that he could continue to play these next five games. And I, I saw him, um, he has a little, what, compression booed or something like yeah, that, he's being me- medicated. I mean, I went through the same process, too, when I was with the Jaguars. I was playing, go figure, I was playing Detroit, and I was going against Robert Prochet, and I got my thumb stuck up in his mask. It twisted and turned, it tore my ligaments oh. in, my, in my thumb. So what I had to do is I had to wear a cast, and I had to get medicated, and some nurses had to come to my house to give me the medicine each and every night. How many games day. missed? I didn't miss any games. Whoa, I played. I love that. You're unique, Absolutely. He's also got like a TENS machine on, which is like gives him like little I mean, electronic Yeah, absolutely. Little, electronic little, jolts. Get a little jolt. Not like Listen, significant electronics. You, you, you see the thumb right now. I just been bending the thumb back. Oh, like my a, God. Oh, yeah, it's never really healed itself. So. Disgusting. Don't <laughs> it do is disgusting. I'm just telling you. So, anyway, the, the whole, like, you, t- you talked about turf toe. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I have to. With George and dealing with my issue, they're all cousins. The turf toe, mm. the plantar fasciitis, and the Achilles tendonitis. Are they're, you suggesting? I'm telling you right now, they're all the same thing, man. They are. It's weird. Are you they suggesting that Trevor Lawrence is destined to be a part of XL Primetime where we all no, suffer no, these he's not, various all, No, injuries? he's not. All I'm saying is, is when, when you showed me that picture last night, I said, oh, yeah, that's a tennis machine because I've tried it. It doesn't mm-hmm. really – it just limits the pain mm-hmm. for a little bit, and then it just you know goes away. It's just pr- probably trying to make him comfortable. Really, mm-hmm. more than anything, the boot is what the important thing is. That's trying to mobilize. Here's, here's the question I want to, I want, I want to know: Is he going to get shot up in that toe? Because if he's going to play, I mean, I know what they're trying to do right now. They're trying to medicate. They're trying to stabilize the pain and all that kind of stuff. But what worse comes to worse, that needle comes out, 
and going in your toe, can you just imagine that? Now listen, I've had the needle go in my buttocks, my back, my knee, my elbow, yeah, but, the but never the there. toe. The toes, there's nothing there. Never so I the have toe, lived bro. through that. So I, as a warrior athlete myself, oh. when I was in middle school, I had a ingrown toenail. Oh. Yes, mm. knock-kneed as I am. And they had to shoot like eight freaking needles in there to numb it up to get in there and cut it out. Uh, and it like gets all fat and pussy, but yeah, it's possible. It happens. Great it's not a big for lunchtime. Deal. Great for lunchtime. Yeah, lots of talk. The Nooners are enjoying this. that I, while they eat their sandwiches and I salads. I think we do have Doc coming. Uh, and we do have Doc coming up as well, since immediately when uh, if many of you out there are Nooners saw the photo that Marissa posted from her salon, Marissa Lawrence, that is Trevor's wife, and uh, a lot of the super sleuths on the internet were like, hey, Trevor's got a boot on in that photo, and so it was brought to my attention. I did bring it to Dr. Bari's attention. He said the same exact thing that Doug Peterson said this morning. It is not a cast. It is simply a shoe, a soft shoe that immobilizes the toe. And Dr. Bari will join us. Uh, I believe that's the plan at 140. Um, and so hopefully he can illuminate a little bit more about well, what the rehab of this Well, let me ask you this question. Is, could this be a situation where he – he absolutely doesn't practice and it could possibly play on Sunday. Doug Peterson did say that this morning. He did say that there is absolutely a chance that Trevor could mm-hmm. not practice all week and he still could play in the game on Sunday. Doug did say he is optimistic that Trevor will be on the practice field at some point. I mean, you're not going to play Beathard. No, no. Do everything you can to get him out there, man. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying that. I mean, I, no, what I'm saying is, I mean, does Trevor – apparently practice, Trevor right, yeah. has the credentials right, to where right. he doesn't have to practice and he can play so I mean, I'm I'm cool with that absolutely. Well, it's either again, it's either that or you know, Bethard. No, 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 no. We have no shot with Bethard. None. Yeah. So we got the toe injury to Trevor. We got the Achilles, of course, covered by our very own Matt Hayes. A- JJ's ankle has healed. Let's Thank say you. hello to uh, another walking wounded member of XL Primetime live from the Golf Club of Southampton. It's Joe C. Joe C. We have <laughs> cell phone service. We have internet service out there. Yeah, it, it's just such a bummer, you know, because you got to make a call. And uh, MacGyver of 1010XL, uh, you know, alerted us to this, and, and and we had to make a call. And so I'm turning everybody around as we were setting up here. And, and it's so funny because, I don't know, 11, 10, something like that, all of a sudden their credit card machine started working again. People who were driving up 210 who were say, like there were convenience stores were saying cash only. Everything was wiped out out here. And then obviously it was wiped out back at, at uh, 1010, X, uh, 1010XL headquarters. So anyway, I'm just happy that yep. we're hooked up. I'm happy that everything is, is going smoothly here weather-wise. And you all – and there you go. Right on cue. Until it doesn't. Right on cue. Right on cue. <laughs> right on cue. All right. We'll effort getting Joe C back on the line because obviously we do want to know about the Toys for Tots drive that is going down at the golf club of Southampton. I was looking forward to getting out there, boys. I got the shorts, I got the golf attire. I was ready. I had the, I had a couple of toys in my car. Yeah, same. Yeah, I had a same. couple of toys, yeah. Same, but it's all right because obviously that toy drive is still going on, so we'll make sure that they get a hold of our toys that Leon and I brought. And then, of course, um, the Frangie Show also doing a Toys for Tots drive on Friday. And I hear the word is we do have Joe back. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about what's going on at Golf Club of Southampton today. Yeah, I'll ramble real fast because, yes, Toys for Tots today. Then the Frangie Show will have Boys and Girls Club. So we've got all sorts of toy toy drives going on. And we just say thanks to everybody. That's for sure. Love Derek DiStefano and everybody here at Southampton for, you know, setting us up. And, and I told uh, 
Dempsey and them earlier. This is our 10th annual Toys for Tots. We've been doing this for a decade. I'm pretty proud of that. Derek's pretty proud of that. And I'll just say a quick thanks to everybody. The Ale House is out on one hole. Sonny's Barbecue out on another hole. Zaxby's setting us up for lunch. Smoothie King's setting us up. We've got so many other prizes. And, and just it's just a great day. I wish you all were here. That's for sure. Uh, but we do have a great weather day. The golf gods are good uh, to Josie and Toys for Tots. Love it. Love it. As far as uh, specifics, I know I mentioned it's an unwrapped toy. And is it just at the clubhouse if people want to swing by Mm -hmm. in St. John's? Yeah, because we have had people come up and they just dropped off toys. They said we can't play or, you know, the event was sold out. We tried, but we wanted to make sure that we dropped off toys. So I'll push some of those uh, pictures out on social media. But there just have been a lot of people that brought toys, which is just awesome. And don't forget, you can keep doing that. You can bring them all throughout. We'll make sure the Marines get them. And then also, I want to say Friday, we are all on remote at a brand new car wash right there on Southside Boulevard. Uh, it's right by the Golden Corral and Enterprise sandwich in between those two. And if you bring a toy there, we will also gladly take that and they'll hook you up with something nice uh, at uh, the car wash. All right, there we go. That's how Big Lee and I can get our toys. We'll, we'll make sure on Friday. And, Friday. Uh, and for anybody out there, any of our nooners that are more local to the Jacksonville Southside area, that obviously works a little bit better. So, All right, Joe, uh, who, are, who is in your playing group? Because I do hear you will be hitting the links a little later this afternoon. Well, we have uh, the boys from Breakthrough Beverage, uh, troublemakers that they are, Wombles and Company, and then also Maddie the Beer Man uh, from Modelo uh, will be in our group, uh, and Aaron Ewenfeld from Southwest Green. So we just have, uh, you know, a bunch of good people. Uh, Jonathan Popplebon's uh, mom and dad play in this tournament every year, and so they love coming out. He's a former Marine. So there's just a lot of uh, former Marines, Navy, Army, whatever it might be, proudly wearing their colors today. That's for sure. Love it. Love it. All right, Joe, uh, I know you're going to hang with us for a little bit, but give us your thoughts as far as Trevor Lawrence, the toe injury, the most famous toe in Duval County. He will not practice for the Jaguars today. He will take part in the mental reps. I know that's a a buzzword around these parts, especially during training camp, but now once again here in the month of December. Should Trevor Lawrence be playing on Sunday against the Titans? Well, I got, I got a strong feeling about it, not knowing exactly how uh, significant the injury is, but that very simple question, should he be playing? Look, if they could have been competitive against Detroit, let's just say they were competitive but they still didn't win, then fine, go ahead, keep building. Don't put him in harm's way if your team is still a four-win team into the second week of December. I, I just feel like there does need to be a little sensibility, long-term sensibility. But here's the problem. Trevor says, put me back in, coach. He uh, went through every test. He went back out there. And, you know, Doc Barry and I talked about this earlier, and he will be with you all in studio at 140. And he lays it out. I heard you all talking a little bit about turf toe and what Leon went through. It, it, you know, it, it's, it's a little dangerous deal to keep messing with that and pushing it to a point where you might have a more significant injury. Doesn't mean he can't go through and be okay in 100%. I'm not trying to, you know, freak everyone out and do all, but let's just be a little cautious here when it comes to the franchise and, and his long-term future. A turf toe injury, if it is that, can really be a lingering problem. Well, Josie, uh, obviously it's not a great situation for Trevor, but uh, it's better than what just happened up in Buffalo. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bills head coach Sean McDermott just informed reporters that Von Miller has an ACL tear. He had surgery today, and he is out for the remainder of the season. 
Oh, I thought you were gonna say Josh Allen. I was, yeah, no, I was, I was. I was gonna say, all right, well. <laughs> I was watching Josh Allen running on the TV adjust, right, right here. So was I. I thought it was Josh Allen. No, nope. So it looks like it's Von Miller. Uh, it looks like Josh Allen's okay. Um, but yes, the exploratory surge, as far as I know, as far as I know, uh, I was looking on the internet. You guys are looking at the TVs yeah. here at 1010 XL headquarters. Um, but yes, the exploratory surgery was yesterday and they found the ACL tear. And that is why they made the decision. All right. I panicked there for a little bit because, you know, he's, on, he's my dorkball quarterback and that's. I'm number one in my division right now. Nerd alert! So, I mean, I need him. <laughs> you know what? You're long gone, bro. You are gone. long I'm gone. gone. I admit it. Hack. Hack, <laughs> admit it. Hack. Hack literally got me, like, hooked on you it. used to be my homie, now you act like you don't know me. <laughs> but, hey, still a significant piece to a competitor in the AFC race. You know, I mean, Von Miller was supposed to be the the Reggie White. Uh, you know, what he did for the Packers <clears throat> back in the 90s, this is what Von Miller was supposed to be for this young Bills defense. And now does this change the complexity of the AFC playoff race? I, I think it does a little bit. I think that what, what the Buffalo Bills were doing last year or in the offseason is that they were trying to create an arsenal to c- compete against Kansas City. And they figured if we couldn't go offensive weapon per, per weapon, that we were going to go defense. And no better player, person to bring about than – Von Miller, I mean, the, the the playoff run that he had with the Rams last year with the pressures and the sacks and all that kind of, he definitely changed the, 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 the dynamics of those games that he was in, especially in the Super Bowl and in the championship game. So losing him is big for them, big for them, because he is definitely uh, – as he's just as viable uh, defensive weapon as his offensive weapon. So I, yeah, well, he, I mean, it's also a quarterback-heavy conference. So mm-hmm. no matter who they play in the playoffs, they need to get some – Pressure. pressure. Mm-hmm. They need to affect the quarterback. They need to affect the pass game. Yeah, that's a. I mean, it's a big loss. I mean, especially if you're talking about a potential of Von being at his top level, like he was last year with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Three of the Bills' final five games come against the AFC East. A reminder that they did not have a win against the AFC East until last Thursday night on Thursday Night Football against the Patriots. They host the Jets this weekend. Then they uh, host the Dolphins the next week, and then they travel to Chicago for Christmas weekend. Well, I mean, they're still in a good position. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals gave them a gift by beating KC. They're the number one and seed. And they get to play the Bengals a- absolutely. January 2nd. I mean, so they, they control their own destiny. If they went out and don't lose, they've got the number one seed. They can get healthy. And, go, and listen, going to Buffalo in January is no easy feat. Trust me, I know. It, it's cold. So if you're not used to that, that weather factor, Miami, Dolphins, uh, you could be in a little bit of trouble, but they but they play them. They they they've already played, but they beat. What them are they? Line. One behind right now? Is that right? They're yeah. one behind the Chiefs. No, they're they're number one seed right now. They're, they're the one now. Yes, they're oh, the okay. one now. Right, because the Chiefs lost. The Chiefs right, lost. Right, right. Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, it's a it's a major storyline that we will be following, and we can also ask Doc about that one because I find it fascinating that it was exploratory surgery that then revealed it, even though Von Miller, didn't he say a couple weeks ago, he was like, I'll be back in three weeks. Like, I'll be back for the Jets game. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that's what he said. Mm-hmm. So so interesting that that's the turn that things have taken. The Bills are obviously in the playoff race in the AFC and in the NFL. Uh, are the Jaguars still in the playoff race? Uh, JJ, if you want to find, uh, I know you, you cut up the Doug Peterson press conference this morning. He was asked about still being competitive and still being in the playoff race. And, you know, he said he said that, yes. The numbers don't look great right now for the Jaguars, but mathematically speaking, there's still a chance. And he said he believes the players in the locker room believe there's still a chance. And moreover, Leon, and you and I were talking about this in the pre-show meeting, I asked Doug if he sensed a different feel in the Jaguars' locker room this past Monday compared to other losses. And he said, yeah, it was a feeling of we got embarrassed. And Doug's message to the team was, you let 
yourselves put that on tape. What's your reaction to hearing that? I mean, them getting embarrassed is, is pretty obvious. I mean, we all watched the game. They watched the film. They, there was a, a significant letdown to what, how they played a week before against the Ravens. I just don't think this team – I think this team is ill-equipped to turn it up when it, to, to play December football. And, and I've been here for, what, four or five years? And, I, and outside of 2017, I haven't seen this team turn it up in December. I, I've seen them stay as mundane and as average, as mediocre as they've always been because they've never played a real meaningful game in December. So they've just cruise control in December. They go do their Christmas shopping. And they get the Black Fridays put up the tree and the lights and everything, and they get real comfortable with the season about to end. So until they get to the point where they're serious about playing in January, we're going to get what we got in Detroit week in and week out until they show me different. You know, I was thinking yesterday, it's like a bunch of glamour boys running around, you know? Yeah. All this. Nobody's fierce. No, no. Nobody. I told you, bro. Ain't nobody. No, nobody. No, Nobody's fierce. That, and – but if you think about that, what, what Mia just said about, about Doug, his response was, that's what you're going to put on tape? No. You walk in there and say, that's what you did for your teammate. It's not what you put on tape. I get it these guys put stuff on tape because they want to make money. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's what you did with, for the guy sitting next to you in this locker? That's the effort you gave? Mm-hmm. And you got to know how to talk to these guys, right? you got to mm-hmm. know how to push buttons. That's, that's why I said after that game, I don't know if it was done or not, after that game, there needed to be a come-to-Jesus meeting with all the players to make sure – don't even talk about playoffs – just to make sure that nobody, that we don't represent Jacksonville like that anymore, all right, to, to, to go out there and play the way we played against Detroit. It just needs to be – this needs to be let some stuff out. Defensively, offensively, just, hey, hey Zay, you can't, drop, you can't drop three balls in a row, bro. Just call some people out or – Offense, Cam Robinson, you can't get beat like that and put our, our franchise quarterback in jeopardy. And there's going to be some cussing, some fussing, and point finger, or whatever. But you know what? We all see the film. We all see how you play. And, and you, you just, as a team and as an individual, the you can't tolerate. The don't lie, exactly. bro. You just can't tolerate that kind of play anymore. That's you, all I'm I saying. mean, these guys can say whatever they want. The eye in the sky doesn't lie. Doesn't lie. Absolutely. I mean, that's you. all you got to do is watch. Mm-hmm. Just There's no one fierce in that team, man. Who in that team is fierce? Um, Maybe ETN. Maybe ETN. Yeah. But in Kirk. terms of but, but describe Kirk. Define, I like Kirk too. I think Kirk's got a little he got a little attitude. Yeah, define fierce for me. Because I think on the field, I think Travis ETN, yes, his play speaks for itself. So so define fierce. So my my definition of fierce is fearless, number one, and just will do anything. Anything. To to not only win a game, but win a play. Win a play. It's just that's what I was saying last couple weeks ago when they beat when they beat the Ravens. Forget about games. The next play. Mm-hmm. The next play. I want someone to be fierce on one play. And then when that play's over, guess what? Be fierce again for four to six seconds. And then the next play. And then the next play. And then the next play. But instead, a lot of glamour boys running around, man. Now, what I mean by fierce is exactly what he's talking about. I'll, I'll, I need to see somebody on the offensive or defensive side that's always on attack mode. Always. I mean, always on attack mode. Whether you're winning or you're losing, they 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 bring it. They bring, that's what I don't see. I see a lot of guys. I see a lot of guys blocking their assignments. I see a lot of, a lot of assignment football. I see a lot of assignment football, but I don't see no attack. I don't see nobody constantly attacking on either side of the ball. And it is especially it was more than noticeable than when I was watching the game against Detroit. 
because we were just so mundane and so sleepwalking that whole game. It was pathetic. So outside of that last game, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but I am. The guy that I thought was the most fierce of all of them so far this year, I mean, I think ETN is probably the top of the list. Juwan Taylor has had a hell of a season, honestly. He really has. Mm-hmm. He's a much better pass blocker than Cam right now. Mm-hmm. Much better. He still makes mistakes, but he's a dude that's got a little fire in him. Yeah. He's got a little fire in him right now. Obviously, he's got a money season. This is it. It's a money year. He's got to make it. He's got to show what he can do. I get all that. But they need more guys like that. Like, if everybody in this team was in a money season, well, then you're going to get a little something. Well, uh, look who's ne- look who he's ne- where who he's playing next to. True. Yeah, Sheriff, That's I mean, true. listen, Good point. when you got a perennial all-pro playing next That's to you, great point. your standards you have to be elevated because he's not going to tolerate you playing any old kind of way. I mean, I hope that's what he's telling him. I hope that's what he's telling Fortin. The two Fortin's had a solid year. Yeah, he's a, he's had a pretty a decent point. year. You know, so but it's about who you bring into your environment. Those two guys play have been solid the most part of the season. And they run on that right side. Yeah, and they run on that right side because yeah. that's where the action is. Yeah. Sheriff Fortner and Juwan Taylor. Yeah. So I mean, you you've got to you've got to act you've got to put certain guys in certain positions that's going to like filter onto other guys, and I think Sheriff is that guy. So can that dog, can that fierce competitor be created? Can it come out in the next five games? Because that's all the Jaguars have left. Can it lead to a potential playoff run? Here is Doug Peterson on why the Jaguars aren't out of it yet. Do I believe that we still have an opportunity? I do. You know, I do. Um, I also believe that the players believe that. You know, and, and look, it's it's we say this all the time that – Control what you can control, right? It's about us. Prepare to win, and and just just keep it keep it simple. You know, keep it simple, and you can't worry about the outside world. You can't worry about what people are saying about you. You just got to put your head down, go to work, and and, and try to improve each week. Well, here here's the thing. The funniest thing. The funniest thing about December is like when I used to when I used to play. I was with the Steelers, or when I was with the Jaguars, when they were good. Guys who were in my in the Jaguars position right now, three and nine, four and eight, where they used to call me, and they used to say, "Hey, sirs, man, I'm about to shut this thing down, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm about to shut this down." Booking that trip to Cabo. I, I got, you don't want to get hurt, I, right hey, bro. The I'm telling you, the these guys. I'm not going. Hey, listen, I'm not going to call them out who they were, or whatever. But they used to give me a call and say, "Bro, I'm shutting this down right now, bro. I, I'm going into free agency. I ain't trying to get hurt. I don't care what the coach say. Trying to make a You're run. I ain't trying to make no run. Yeah. I'm just saying." I'm just saying that I'm hoping that there's no guys on our team that's like that. That's what I'm trying to say because I've I've been I've heard the conversations of guys who have been in the position with the Jaguars and said that I'm shutting it down. I'm not trying to get hurt. So you want to hope that this team is is eager and has the confidence to say, "Hey, listen, despite the hill that we got to climb, we're beating the Titans twice and the Jets, the Texans and the Cowboys. We're going to try to make this run." But here's what I don't understand is how how can you be that immature of going into this game thinking that you've arrived because you beat the Ravens, but you're going into a team that's won four in a row? You're going to play a team that clearly is hot, clearly is playing very well. Mm-hmm. Why would you go into that team, into that game? We're referring to the D- thinking, Detroit, Detroit game. Detroit yeah. game. Three of four. They Why won. would you, three of four? Why would you go into that game thinking you've arrived or thinking, all right, we've got to figure it out? Well, well I, you I, said it's, it's, it's immature. It's, it's just. How could you be that immature to do something like that and then go to that game and literally but, lollygag around? Well, man. Let, me, let me ask you a question. How many guys on that team have the experience to teach these younger guys, 
what it is to make a run. There's nobody who 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 are you looking to? Is well, no. I mean, Sheriff, other than him, right? Sheriff, I mean, the Commanders have been what the playoff. How many times since he was but he's there? at least been in the league? Though, I know, right? but I'm saying I'm talking about a run. I mean, I'm talking about a guy who has experience of going into the playoffs. Like a Von around. Miller. Like a, yeah, that kind of no, – right. there's nobody on the team. Who 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 can educate these young cats on what it's going to take? You want me to tell take? you who can? Who can? I'm going to tell you who can. Who? Tony Baselli, Leon Searcy, oh, Jimmy Lord. Smith, Fred Taylor. That's who can. Hey, listen, you know what they're going to tell us? Stay in your air. I've been told that before. Not by them, but I'm just saying on Twitter. Are we down yeah, or? Twitter isn't real, bro. I know it's not real. You go in that locker room and you guys start talking about what it takes, they're all going to be sitting up. They're and, all going to be looking right ro- at you. And rolling their eyes. Like, no, oh, they won't God. either. I guarantee they wouldn't, man. These kids, they ain't, they ain't built the same. They guy with a gold jacket walks in. The, oh, got well, a, the guy that jacket. played for this gold, gold franchise. Jacket. Yeah. They're yeah. sitting up straight, bro. Yeah. Uh, are a we- guy like Freddie Taylor and True. Jimmy Smith and Leon Sergio, they walk in there. You don't think they're going to listen to you guys? Uh, well, well. No, I don't think they would. Yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Are we December downer at the golf club of Southampton, or are we uh, dapping it up? What's the vibe as far as oh, a ready. potential playoff run, Joe? Uh, well, playoff run. I- I'll just go playoffs. back to Jimmy Moore. Playoffs, 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 and then I'll follow that with we can't do diddly poo. I mean, that's basically what it comes down to, and and. Uh, you know, I, I want to believe. I was a believer. And then, you know, we all know what happened. You guys have gone through this. It, it, it's it, There's nothing worse than feeling like you have lost your competitive edge. I know this is the first bad game, really, that this team has played. But it's the most recent game. And this is when you should be turning a corner. And I just fear that you're talking about either game plan talent level a combination of it in the defensive side of the football right now is letting down and I know that we all don't completely agree on this but I also think the offensive side is letting down just a little bit as well uh, especially given what they did two weeks ago and then what they did this past Sunday so listen I want to believe but they're going up against uh, a team that is looking them in the eye with no fear and this team's got to prove that they can uh, take a swing from Tennessee and swing back all right Joe what time uh, what time do we hit the links they have all just started moving to the holes, and, and you know the beautiful thing is they you know they treat us like royalty here. So I'm gonna hang on, uh, you know, put the headphones down. I'm gonna walk right to number one T. So I don't have to hustle out to seven or get over to eleven. I'm just walking to number one T uh, and getting ready to go. So I will say thanks to everybody here. They presented the colors with the Marines. National anthem was played. Derek always makes sure that that's a special part of what he does uh, with all the tournaments and. We just say thanks again to the Marines, and if you can drop off an unwrapped toy between now and Christmas, make sure that uh, you do it, and we'll make sure that it gets to the children this year and they have a great Christmas. Win or lose for a great cause, although we would lo- we'll love for you to bring some hardware back to 1010XL headquarters, Joe. We already have the Thanksgiving cook-off trophy on XL mm-hmm. Primetime. We need, we need the Golf Club of Southampton Toys for Tots tournament as well. Yeah, uh, I, I will see if we can get some hardware back. Uh, I, I, listen, I don't know that we're going to be that competitive, but we will try. We will try. Hey, it's all fun and games. It's all fun and games. Enjoy out there. And, of course, Wednesdays brought to you on XL Primetime by the Golf Club of Southampton. Like you heard Joe C. say, if you want to stop by, drop off an unwrapped toy, you can do so over at their clubhouse. A couple off the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010, the number to reach us at. Some suggestions for who might be a fierce member of the Jaguars. Uh, this one, courtesy of 4634, which is from Belvis on the west side. Aluacon is fierce. This one from 4954. 
Telvin Smith was the heart and soul of the defense. He was fierce. Nobody since then has brought that to the Jags on either side of the ball. That is a loaded one. So, so let's stick. Let's stick a, a free agent. So, yeah. So I can say real quick. I can say this: the Titans, who have beaten the Jags in Nashville for, last time they lost like three thousand days, according to our numbers guy hack. Um, I can guarantee you they're not going to be immature and, t- and think, oh yeah, the Jags can't beat us. I can guarantee you they're going to play hard. Yeah, so I, I think it's fair to say they have a couple of fierce members of uh, that Titans, yeah, both offense and defense. We'll dive into that and a whole lot more coming up next on XL Primetime. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. No, we are not playing this because of the Champions Classic last night, which Duke rolled Iowa. Or because Coach Campo is here, although we're sure he's listening on a Wednesday edition of XL Primetime. But I know he's smiling if he is listening because Aaron Judge has returned to the New York Yankees signing what will be a reported $360 million deal over nine years. That came on the heels of reports that both the San Diego Padres and San Francisco Giants had offered somewhere in the ballpark of $340 million over eight years. The Yankees had offered $328 years yesterday, and when it ultimately push came to shove, Hal Steinbrenner taking a line from his late father and ponying up the last $40 million, Leon, to mm. ensure that Aaron Judge will become the third $300 million man on the New York Yankees. Wow, that's a lot of cheddar. I mean, we're talking about, what, $40 million a year? He's young, 31, got all his teeth, all that kind of good stuff. Handsome young man, just engaged. I was trying to figure out, you got that kind of money in New York City, and it's expensive to live in New York City, but he's got the bread now. Yeah. So I actually went on this website called Berkshire and Hathaway. Berkshire mm-hmm. Hathaway, yeah. So I'm going to ask you, I'm a, uh, so, so Mia, you know New York real well. Yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm trying to find Aaron Judge a place. All right. Upper East Side Ten million and up in the penthouse. Not okay. gonna, I'm not gonna go over fifteen. Okay. So I'm gonna give you an address and you tell me if it's at a good it's pretty sure it's a good yeah. location. So there's a penthouse in New York City right now. Seven bedrooms, seven bath. Six, you don't need all that. I was just gonna oh, say, It's a hell? penthouse. It's a He's penthouse. Got no kids. The the fellas might, come over, man. Full, come on. That might be a full year salary the for that. The fellas come over. <laughs> <laughs> they crash if they have yes. too much to drink. You don't want no DUIs around there. I like bro. that. You're a good friend. I, thank you, seven, bro. Thank seven you. Yeah. in Manhattan? It's, it, no, listen. It's seven bedrooms, seven baths, 6,300 square feet. Oh, my God. All right? It's, it's at 26 West 87th Street. Okay. I don't have no idea where it is. So but the penthouse is going for 13.7. Okay, 87 mm, it's a good West. deal. It sounds like a good deal, <laughs> yeah. bro. West, so. Yeah, Upper so West Side. That's Upper West Side? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you one Which more. Which is actually not a far, I mean, that's probably as close to Yankee Stadium in the Bronx as you'll get, so that's okay. not a bad Without move. Without being in the Bronx. Okay. Right. I, uh, hey, listen, the Bronx is getting gentrified, baby. So is I'm, it? Harlem coming around, too. So I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you another one. Okay, this one is at One West in Avenue. It's apartment 29B. It's two level. Okay. Two level, all right? It's four bedroom, four bath, more more economical, 5,302 5, square feet, uh, 18, 18,900,000. To buy it outright. To buy it outright, yeah. Okay. Well, you're going to be there for nine years at least. Yeah, so. nine years. You're going to want to buy some. It's a beauty, too. I see the city. It's a, it's <laughs> it better be look. beautiful. Jeez. <laughs> you don't want to be paying a mortgage over nine years. <laughs> but here's, here's my thing, and I tweeted this out this morning. 
Aaron Judge was offered a deal from the New York Yankees this time last year that was $150 million less than that $360 million deal, and he turned it down. And he bet on himself. He set the American League home run record, and then he earned what he believed he deserved on the market. So I tweeted out this morning, and I know J.J. has a— But that was more years, though. Right? Yes, correct, yeah. and more years as well, because right. that's the big thing in baseball is they want the longevity. I mean, once Albert Pujols got a 10-year deal a couple of years back, I mean, then it was kind of game over. But he, yeah. wants the, <clears throat> he wants the shorter contract so he can have another huge contract. No, 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 no. It's a, ni- it's a nine-year deal. He's, he's 30 done. already. Yeah, it's, he's, he's good. So then why didn't he take the bigger contract with more money then? That's what he did. No, no. So, so they offered him initially it was a $190 million deal. Oh, I thought you said more. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. So it was, it was 100, no, so $210 million, I think, for six years, right, JJ? That was I'm their, not sure. That was their initial. It might have been even eight. So $210 million over eight or nine years, or $360 million over nine years. He and, certainly won the bet as opposed to Lamar Jackson potentially losing his bet this season. He did. I mean, but Whoa. baseball did collude with him to win that bet. So allegedly, that's oh, start your start your X Files music, JJ. Explain to the nooners. Well, no. Listen, Lamar. Listen, as far as Lamar's situation goes, he's going to be like Dak. Right, right now, the Ravens had 180 on the table. I heard they had. A, he wanted like 250 or two, 240 or 250, completely right. guaranteed. More than likely, if the injury lingers into the offseason, he's going to still get that one. No, I'm not talking about because of the injury. I'm talking because he's played like crap. Well, that part, too. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's a serious injury. Yeah. And I Dak's injury, to me, he's much more of a passing quarterback, so they were like, like they weren't super worried about you know his lower body injury or whatever. Wasn't it a, a leg or a knee or something like that? Um, Lamar... Totally different. Like when you start slowing down and things aren't going right, we know he's a terrible passer. And he's not, he's not terrible. He's not oh, a terrible stop. passer. Come on, he's not terrible. He's, he's probably, I he's throwing to. He's That's probably part of the, the worst issue. passing quarterback starter in the league. How did he win an MVP then? No way. Are you serious? Are you Outside of these guys that are playing just because guys are hurt, yes. Have you watched Davis Mills? Have you watched okay, Daniel Jones? Uh, okay, I'll get, I don't Jones. know if he is a better passer than Daniel Jones. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, okay, uh, I got okay. this for you. Right now, he might be a better passer Gino, than Mac you, So you, go, you would take Geno Smith over him right now? Uh, Passing-wise, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think Lamar is terrible as a passing quarterback. I think if it wasn't for you know his ability to run and they put a bunch of guys in the box. Let me ask you this question. That's why guys are open for Let me ask you a question. He's not like a draw. I'll say that pass uh, for Deshaun Jackson against the Jags was the best pass I've ever seen him throw. Well, let me ask you this question. I didn't even know he had that in him. I saw the Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Who means more to the organization as a a passer and a runner? Passer and a runner? Yes, yes. Um, That's easy. Lamar Jackson. What about Hurts? Jalen Hurts to me is better better than Lamar Jackson. He's better than Pickett. He's better than Matt Ryan. Okay, he's better than Davis Mills. You think he's a better passer than Matt Ryan? At this current at, at this point in his career, yeah. Completely disagree. Yeah, with I that. totally do. How about Russ Wilson? At this okay, current juncture. Yeah, this year I'll give you everyone's better than Russell Wilson. But no, I mean you how guys about, are how about Tyler Heineke. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. I'm saying passing wise. Jared Goff, not against the Jags. Jared Goff's a way better passer than Lamar not, Jackson. Not is. against the Jags. 
Take the Jags game out of there. Dude, he played the Jags the week before, threw for 50%. How about Justin All Fields? Right? Jared Goff played the Jags the next weekend and looked like Johnny Unitas. How about both Saints quarterbacks? Uh, How about whoever the yeah, Panthers? Yeah, I would say, I would say Dalton, Dalton is a better passer probably than oh, Lamar Jackson. Man, the bigger on. story for this. Uh, you guys are crazy. The bigger reason I think that Lamar bet on himself, a la Aaron Judge, is because he saw the money that Deshaun Watson got. Knowing full well what Deshaun Watson reportedly had done and the fact that he was going to have to sit 11 games to begin the 2022 season, and they still shelled out not only all that money, but all that guaranteed money. And, Leon, I think that's the big thing, the big buzzword right now. We were talking about it with Juwan Taylor with some of the upcoming Jaguar deals that are going to be up for question in the offseason, the guaranteed money. What was the guaranteed money? Back in the '90s, like was that a thing? Is this like is this any new well, concept or? Oh, this is a, absolutely a new concept of the guaranteed money because back in my day, well, here's the thing: I bet on myself as well. The reason why I became a Jaguar was the Steelers offered me a contract during training camp. I said no, it wasn't enough because they had already signed Le- uh, Levon Kirkland. They thought I was going to jump right on board. I said no, nah, I'm going to play a little bit, whatever. End up when the regular when the free agency came, Jacksonville overpaid for me. They doubled what the Steelers offered me. So. Again, kind of like but, this past offseason when they have to yeah, overpay people they, to get them over, to come. Yeah, they overpay. But there was no guaranteed money. The only money that was guaranteed was a signing bonus back then. They would give you a signing bonus, and your rest of your contract was uh, one year renewable, to be quite honest with you. You got hurt, didn't live up to expectations, this, this, and that. They could cut you at any time. So there was always the contract, whatever the contract was, maybe – a small percentage of that contract was guaranteed. The only thing it was get was your, your signing bonus. Everything else was on toilet paper. Funny money. It was funny. It was in the wind. It was in the wind. It, it looked good on paper, but it but it didn't look good in your account because it didn't exist. It didn't exist until you until you year after year you. And had even to if earn you played money. well, yeah. they just restructured you. They restructured you. Yeah. yeah if you, even if you played well, and they were trying Which to bring you a free you agent. Got more free, more bonus money. You got bon- you got bonus money and right. free agency. So whatever your contract was, uh, like I. I, I was at the time I was making two point five. Just think about that. Two point five was the high for offensive tackles back in that day. Two point five. So what they would do was when they tried to get another guy to come in. They would come in and say, Leon, you know, would you take a million and restructure to bring it down to one five so we can bring? Would I take a million right now, April? Absolutely. <laughs> Without in question. your pocket. Yeah, that, my question. That, but that was not smart, Leon. Talking that, that right. was not no, smart, Leon. Always getting off that on was you. that was that was twenty-seven that year was old Leon, entourage. That was Leon seeing the Jaguar spinning. Oh around. yeah, that was <laughs> yeah, that was entourage Cersei back then. <laughs> entourage Cersei. But the point stands that, and this is a bigger conversation to bring it back to Aaron Judge as well. And this is what I tweeted this morning. Name me another athlete that has bet on themselves and it has paid off the way that it did for Aaron Judge. Because like J.J. said, whether you like it or not or you think they'll pay him or not, Lamar Jackson is trying to do that now. I saw a lot of people on Twitter respond to me with some laughing emojis and say, Yannick Ngakwe, because he tried to bet on himself. He forced his way out of Jacksonville. He has since been with five, six teams in the past three years. And while, yes, he's putting up numbers for the Colts, the Colts are only slated to pick two spots behind the Jags in the NFL draft. Yeah, but here's the thing with unique. I mean, every team he's going to, he's getting an eight, nine, ten million dollar lick at every team he's going to. He's getting it, and he's listen. He's getting. Y'all think he's it's trouble with him, but listen, he's getting eight, nine, ten million dollar lick whatever team he goes to. Yeah. And at most, he's playing twenty snaps a game. He's like a pitch hitter. Right. I, I don't know anything about baseball, uh, JJ, but he's he's just coming in for relief every now and yeah, then. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, like a absolutely. relief pitcher. A relief pitcher. 
So, I mean, he's going to pick up an $8 million check. They're going to cut him. Okay, cut me. I'm going to go to another team. They're going to give me a $9 million check to play 20 plays a game. He's saving his body. He could play the next five to seven years just doing that. So, speaking of baseball, I want to circle back to this with J.J., but real quick, I think the, the most recent guy, I think, J.J., and you correct me if I'm wrong, probably Bradley Beal, bet on himself with that little two- or three-year deal he signed. Then now he's got a $250 million deal. So he's, uh, that's he's, a good probably, one. he's probably the closest. All right, so let's go back to baseball real quick. Um, this whole Aaron Judge stuff, you found this interesting thing. Yes. And, and, and what we said was it was on the if internet. We interesting. Get into it. It's on the internet. All right, so it is a legitimate study. X-Files music, please. That happens every year uh, by Meredith Wills. Uh, and Insider.com did this. Wills. Yes, a doctor. Um, astrophysicist or something like She's that. She's a doctor, right? Yes, so exactly what she is. Yeah, yeah so anyway... They are not allowed – if you are, like, a player for an MLB team and you try to sell these balls to, like, a third party who's doing a study, you can get fired for that if you're a non-union member. If you're a player, you get fined, whatever. So there was a player – I forget exactly who it was. Oh, here it is. Austin Slater, who's a Giants outfielder, was curious about the baseballs. He tried to send them to Dr. Wills but pulled back after MLBPA relayed a message from the commissioner's office to him. So anyway – this is very hush-hush, and I don't think – I mean, this is the real conspiracy right here. John Heyman last night, while this story broke and is getting thousands and thousands and Explain thousands of Explain who John Heyman is first. John Heyman is a very famous baseball writer. Thank you. Thank so you. while this story is breaking, which I'm about to tell you, he comes out with some fake news saying that Aaron Judge – Signed with the Giants. Didn't no, happen. No, no, no. Arson Judge. Arson Judge, yes. Arson Judge. Deleted that. Came back, said Aaron Judge was also fake news. So anyway, this is all happening, and that's, you know, to get the plebs' attention. Something stupid like that. When Meanwhile, the real story is this. They took 200-plus baseballs last season. So they were able to get real baseballs by foul balls, home runs, buying them from the ballpark themselves when they sell them, and they're all authenticated. So anyway, they found that the balls that were juiced last year, there was dead balls, juiced balls. The juiced balls were only found in postseason games, including the World Series. They were found during the All-Star break, so the All-Star game slash home run derby, which I'm fine with. But interestingly enough, the only regular season juiced balls that were found were all at Yankees regular season games. Oh, boy. Just so happened that they had a New York Yankee chasing the historic home run record last year. Also, one of the greatest pitchers in baseball, Cole, last year, had like a home run percentage that was way different than the rest of his career. Um, there was multiple pitchers who were went into slumps last year for the Yankees and gave up a bunch of home runs. Aaron Judge hit like 30 more, 25, 30 more home runs than everybody else in the whole league. I mean, there's something to this, and I would never put it past baseball to make it so the Yankee wins and potentially breaks Barry Bonds' record, who they hate and who they don't even have in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the Yankee loses too because Roger Maris, who is the— do we now have to just say Roger Maris is the home run <laughs> again? Well, no, because I don't think <laughs> I, mean, Aaron, I don't think Aaron Judge— you, I mean— Listen. We're saying that this is you fake. Play, that record It's like was golf. Fake. You play the game as it lies. You think Aaron Judge knew the baseballs were it juiced? It doesn't matter. They're the only team they that's were, using yeah, the juice balls. They were only at Yankees games. Only the Yankees But do were the players actually balls. know that those balls are juiced? What juice? does that matter? You're I, just playing the game. 
He has an yeah, but advantage. It's way different than Barry Bonds but sticking a I'm needle not saying, in himself. No, no, it's it's different than that, but that he still has a competitive advantage. Fake. Yeah, he like, still has a competitive advantage. There's no doubt about it. I'm if, saying if, if, if this, this is true. true. If this is true. If I obviously didn't true. collect all the baseballs myself, but I mean, like, uh, we've been playing with juice baseballs for years. Like the, the juice players. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't, I'm not shocked by this. I mean, he had 30 more home runs than everybody else last year. The Garrett Cole piece is what's very interesting to me, JJ. And and who is that? Uh, there was a reliever last year. Clay, that, uh, Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes. Yep. Exactly. Was Started an all-star really at the break and, and then just completely fell apart. Gave up a lot of It's home almost runs. like the Avengers meme, if you've seen it, when they're like, you did it, but what did it cost? Everything. Yes. <laughs> you did it. Aaron Judge got the home run record, but what did it cost? Our entire pitching staff. And, and, and so far, no big media. And why... Well, I mean ESPN. You know, that's really the only big media that matters. Haven't picked it up, and they probably won't, and that's just what it's going to be. Hell, ML- MLB Network, where are they at? Oh, my God. Where are They'll they at? touch that. Yeah, come on. Listen. The NFL Network, May. The NFL Network has touched some questionable things of late. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Speaking of the NFL, because we are going to go back into the Jaguars coming up in the 1 o'clock hour, Mike Vrabel meeting with reporters right now, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans. In addition to playing the Jaguars this week, uh, some other storylines, pretty big in Nashville right now. They fired their GM yesterday despite having a three-game lead in the AFC South. Mike Vrabel saying to reporters that, quote, I was informed of the decision. This wasn't a decision that included me. He then went on to say, that owner Amy Adams Strunk would have the final say over a football decision if there is a disagreement between himself and interim GM Ryan Cowden. So, as we were talking about this uh, down at, at headquarters at TIA Bank Field this morning, myself and several other reporters of whoever this new GM is that they bring in, they got to work with Vrabel, number one, but number two, does this mean that Vrabel is going to have more power in whoever this GM so is? His his the the correct context of his of his response to that if he was that when he was asked if he was part of of evaluating John Robinson his quote is no I was informed of the decision that wasn't a decision that included me it was a decision that was made and I was informed of the decision that's a lot of decisions there that's a guy who's talking in circles because he was part of the decision that's what that is you're not firing your GM without telling your coach hey this is what I'm thinking what do you think right yeah. Have you seen the tape, uh, Leon, from the draft? So the video of when they traded A.J. Brown in the war room? Have you seen it, Matt? Mm-hmm. Oh, nah. you, you got to go find the video of when they traded A.J. Brown. They had the camera on the Titans' war room, and you see Vrabel get up and like take a lap, and he looks like he's about to throw some haymakers. Mm. Which, if there's any coach in the NFL, I'm kind of scared if they're going to throw haymakers. It's probably that guy. Well, I mean, A.J., 61 catches, 950 yards, nine touchdowns. Two of them against his former team this past Sunday. Probably not a good trade. Help my fantasy team. Dork ball forever. It's XL primetime. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. One o'clock hour is here. Joe C. on Golf Club of Southampton Toys for Tots duties. And so me, O'Brien, Matt Hayes, Leon Cersei, JJ LaSelva with you. Until 3 p.m. on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Let's dive right back into the Jaguars, boys. I saw some on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures that we read off as far as who is the fiercest member of the Jaguars, the guy that has some fight to him, has some bite to him that might be able to rally the troops. Uh, we saw a couple names from Foye Aluakon to, you know, we haven't had somebody since Telvin Smith. I saw another one that said, you know, Jalen Ramsey had some fight. 
And then he faked an injury to get out of here, to get away from a place where he wasn't allowed to be fierce. So my question is, as you can continue to hit the text line, 641-1010 is the number to reach. Who will be that guy, Leon, to step up to the plate? I mean, here's the thing. You can say what you want to say about Jalen Ramsey. He did fake an injury to get out of Jacksonville, but he was an alpha. No question about it. Day one, when he put on the uniform, he was an alpha dog. That kid, when I knew, I knew that kid was something special. That kid hated losing to to a T to the point where he would cry that he could not understand that the same guys that were around him didn't have the same passion that he did. So, I mean, you can tease and taunt all you want about it, but losing him, that man was an alpha dog, and we ain't had the alpha like that in the locker room for a very, very, very long time. And That's now, just real talk. Describe for me, because I saw another one on the text line, and I apologize <clears> that we have since lost the numbers because we have so many of you guys chiming in who said that it all went downhill after Calais. Personally, being in the locker room when both Calais and Jalen were there, and I arrived in 2018, so I wasn't here for the 2017 locker room, but in 2018 and 2019, before Jalen was traded, it was very much you were in Calais's camp or you were in Jalen's camp. And that's kind of how it operated. Well, well, yeah. And listen, I, I've been in the locker rooms like that. Let, here's the thing. I love Calais Campbell, University of Miami, great. Uh, hell of a career here in Jacksonville. But when you get within the realms of that locker room, I think that Calais was considered corporate in the locker room. And he, I want to say but one reason why I say corporate, because everybody liked him, front office people liked him, community liked him, whatever. I think Jalen and them were more like bandits. They were bandits, all right? When I say bandits, is that may not be liked as much. Outlaws. Outlaws, you know, little, little thug life in them, all right? Nothing wrong with that. You need a little thug life in your locker room, all right? So they were bandits. So, and they looked at Calais as uh, the establishment. Company man. Yeah, company man, whatever. Now, I'm just saying these, this happens within the realms of, uh, of the locker room. And, and, and you're telling us there's clicks in the locker room. There's clicks, absolutely. Like there's every clicks in job. The, every job, there's clicks in the locker room, you're right. And, and when things when, when, when go array, I mean, go, go astray a little bit, uh, guys like Ramsey would look at Calais and be like, oh, you know, he worked for them. And I'm just – Really? Just, yeah, bro. He worked for them. He works for them. You know, wow. he don't get he don't get that. Uh, like you don't the, talk about the coach to Calais because you know yeah. he might go behind I'm, your listen, back. I'm just saying, I've been somebody. in locker rooms. Like, I've been in locker rooms where that's it's just what happens. Now, not to take away either, both are great players. Both meant a lot to to the Jaguar uh, establishment. Both were alpha dogs, both and they're all dogs, right. Yeah. Yeah. Both were alpha. I wish we had two of those guys right now in our locker room because we have absolutely none of those. But right. that's just how it operated. It operated because Calais was a little seasoned and older, uh, you know, he, and, and, and Ramsey was a little younger and naive and selfish and all that kind of stuff, but hell of a player. So the next question then obviously becomes, how do you get alpha dogs? You're either going to draft them, right, and then they grow into it quickly, or you're going to get him via free agency. And if you've got an alpha dog out there, it's not all, not likely they're going to come to a losing team, right? They're going to want to go where they want to win for the most part. Yeah, but money can, can – I, 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 I was an alpha dog, and I wanted to – yeah, the money right. lured me here. Right, yeah. but, but for the most part, you're going to need to draft them. You're going to need to draft so them, yeah. So you've got to be smart in who you draft. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and I think if, you know, th- their last two and years they've been saying they want character guys. No, no, you want a few. But, you you know, you want a few. You don't want too many. I mean, you need a couple of bandits in how your many, locker room now. Many, you like, need some okay, bandits. So let me ask you this. How many bandits are also character guys? 
Well, they're, they're character guys. No, no. I mean, when you when you say character guys, what do you mean by character? Because Leonard Fournette was definitely a bandit with Jalen, but he's but... still like lovable. At least this new iteration of him we're seeing in yeah. Tampa is but more. But you would of a... never say Leonard Fournette's a character guy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had his run-ins, but I mean, come on now, he has, he's had his run-ins. But he was an alpha too. He was a bit of a bad. Who are character guys? I, I mean, what I, are you, I would say for that the Trevor's guy? a character guy. I would say Etienne's a character guy. Calais. Um Kirk Josh Allen. Kirk is a character guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't Zay. want to go after the game. Zay's definitely a character guy. Yeah, you know, I don't want no sunshines and rainbows. Uh, listen, guy. here's the thing. I don't in my locker room. I don't want sunshines and rainbows in my locker room no? all the time. No, you some thunderstorms. You gotta have huh? some dirt. You gotta have a little dirt up in there. Yeah, I'm telling you. You gotta have somebody to get some some dirt on their shoes when you walk in the locker room a little bit. Now. So on. so two things. One, if you want to get in, who is the alpha? Who is the fierce? Where is the fight coming from in the Jaguars locker room? Who have you seen on the sidelines get angry? Hit us on the text line. Design by Lifetime Enclosures at six four one ten ten. I also- think I think Juwan could be that type of, that guy, but I think it's too late for him here now. He's gone. Yeah, now. he's gone. Yeah, he's but gone. I think he could have been that guy. Yeah, because I mean, he's got a little. You can see on the field he's got a little attitude on. He got a little attitude on him. It might be a little bit too late now because right. I mean it's not too gonna, late for him here. They're not going to pay. Him. They're not going to pay. They've him. already paid the other They've guy. Already paid the other guy. Which yeah. then brings me to the bigger question of not that we want to look ahead to twenty twenty three, but especially in light of this report from Jason <clears throat> Lockhamfora that I've seen plenty of you on the Twitter machine and on the text line bring it to our attention that there could be a shakeup coming of some sort where Trent Bulky remains but may not be the GM next year. I want to make you two the GM, Matt and Leon. And not not saying who are you going to draft, who are you who are you going to re-sign, who are you My question is, a couple of these big deals, whether it's Shaq Griffin, whether it's Rayshon Jenkins, Roy Robertson Harris, some decisions are going to have to be made. And I would think after this conversation, some of those decisions will be made based on not just on-field performance, but who is that fierce one in the locker room who actually brings this team together? Yeah, like we're saying this. Of course, the coaches know this. Of course, Balky yeah, knows this. Course, they yeah. know this. Yeah. So it's they. It's their job to find these guys right now. So, and I'm sure that's why. I'm sure that's why the way the way Peterson deals with these with these guys is that's what you put on for tape because there's no one in there that's going to get fired up as a as a alpha dog. If you look at an alpha dog and you say that's what you did for your teammate. Mm-hmm. Immediately, that changes the alpha dog, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, listen, first of all, the, the coach, the coaching staff, and the GM—they spend a lot of time not only on the field but in the locker room because you want to get a feel for the, the 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 heartbeat of the team. And you look and you wander, wandering eyes. You look and see the mannerism of some of these guys, how they interact on the field, all that kind of stuff. And you know, a lot you of know, boys. huh? A lot of glamour you, boys. You know, you know if you got a dog or you got a puppy. You do, you do. And, and when you realize that, when you realize that, then you've got to make changes. You're like, oh, we thought he was something different. He's not. So there's going to be a lot of changes that are going to be made. I mean, only guy that I would consider maybe bringing back, I mean, Rayshon Jenkins. I mean. He's got I'm, a dog in him, man. He yeah, he does. You know, he's been a little quiet as late. He went to yeah. Miami. He's, you should be known for just talking smack. He's been a little quiet lately, but he's been effective in the game. So I'm. I'm not going to release him, but I'm going to have maybe restructure his deal, you know, keep him around, give him a little money to the offseason. I think but, Cisco's got a chance to be a little dog, too. Yeah, Cisco has a yeah, great chance. you got to get it out of him, though. Yeah, Cisco's got a chance. But Roy Robertson Harris and all them other people, I mean, they're just guys. They, they, they're just guys. And, you know, when the draft comes around in April, I'm going to see what I can get with Josh Allen. Oh I'm, yeah, guys, I, I, I gotta see. I gotta, I gotta move. If, if this, if this trend continues, that listen, I've already seen enough 
that this trend has continued for the last, what, 12 games? It's going to probably continue for the next five, unless he just explodes and gives me eight sacks in five games, which would be crazy. But the likelihood hey, of that – he's nearing a contract. Yeah, yeah, well, the likelihood of that happening is, is null and void. So, more than likely, when April rolls around, I'm going to see if I can move him and get me a pick. So, Rayshon Jenkins, you're restructuring. I'll restructure him. Shaq Griffin? Shaq Griffin's got to go. Got to go. I mean, is he even coming back this no, year? No, no, no. That's no, a million-dollar question. He's been on IR for a back. No, uh-huh. he's got to go. I think he's got to go. Roy Robertson-Harris. I, I ain't never seen nobody go. be on the – unless it's reconstruction. I don't know. The, is it spine? I don't know if it's – he might be a jellyfish. It he might be no spine. spine. Well, you know jellyfish don't unless have Unless he spines. has Larry Bird's back, you're saying that he <laughs> yeah. should I'm going to go down to – so I'm the, saying he's a jellyfish. Right, so, Roy Robertson-Harris, I think gotta he's got to go. go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, By the way, him and Rayshon will no longer be in the top four of cap hits on this roster next year. They'll still be in the top ten but not the top three like they are currently. Um, Man, the money they spent on that guy. Goodness gracious. Cam Robinson will be the most expensive player on the Jags. 22.5. You can't get rid of him. I mean, you can't get rid of him. It's a huge cap hit. You can't get rid of him. I mean, he may restructure. He may restructure. Christian Kirk, 21.5. Keep him. Yeah, Christian. Yeah, he's been solid. Brandon Scherf, 20. Oh, he's been solid. Foye Aluakon, 19.16. I know about Sheriff, bro. You don't like Sheriff? No, I do, but I mean I mean he's he's not he's not he's not the no, dominant the sheriff that we saw in, in Washington. That's kind no. of my point. Yeah. Right. I mean, but you're you're probably gonna take a big cap hit with him too, though. And yeah, you also he's, have he's to got con- a restructure too. You also have to consider with Sheriff, and I know we talked about it. I think it was on it was off I guess it was off the air, it wasn't on the air. Um, but we talked about the fact that Sheriff is asked to do a lot in this offense that he is accustomed with, but the other members of this offensive line that were here are not used to, and it's the first year of a new scheme. And so, I mean, let's be real. Aside from the Whirly Bird, did you ever see a guard pulling and moving no, in no. last year's offensive line? No, no. So, no. Well, so see, I, I, you know, was his battle this weekend against uh, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, I'm going to be very – I'm watching that. We'll be watching that Good with luck, great man. anticipation. Especially after he struggled against Chris Jones. Yes, he did struggle Good against luck, Chris Jones. So this is That's what's concerning to me because you're a perennial all-pro, and we brought you here to neutralize those guys, not, not, not get beat by But can you neutralize them? And, Leon, you could speak to this. Yeah. Can you neutralize them when you also are having, you know, to babies, not babysit, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah, hold you up You can the say it, babysit Fortner because he's a rookie. Yeah, Right, and moreover, because Foya Luakon was doing that with Devin hey, Lloyd to no return, hey. and then with Muma, it started looking a little bit more like he could at least perform. It, that's why they pay you the big money. It, that's why they paid you like the one of the top guards in the country because you're going to have to deal with that, that adverse situation. By the way, Jeffrey so, Simmons? Yeah. Dog. Oh, he's a grown man. He's yeah. a grown Bulldog. A-man. Mississippi grown State. A-man. Mississippi State, good drafting by John Robinson, though. Hey, yo. Um, and then the remaining uh, big deals to look at for the Jaguars for next year. Shaq Griffin, we've already discussed. Foley Fadukasi, $12.8 million. Darius Williams, $12.5 million. I think you keep both those guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what else both, you of them, both of them need to elevate their play. Yeah, but what else are you going to get? I, I know. This? I know. At and I think point. you, you got to put Darius Williams where he should be. Stick yeah, on, the on the outside. outside. Yeah. Well, unless you're going to draft a corner on the outside. True. Yeah, true. So that's the million dollar question. Calvin Ridley, I think we're all safe in saying that one's okay. Josh Allen gonna be due ten point eight million dollars on the fifth year option next year. Nah, he got yeah. See what you can it's get. It's not from that him. much of money for that position, I, but it's not. But if you can get something for him. Yeah, right before the draft. Maybe. Yeah, if you can get a maybe. If you can get a first for him. Maybe. And that is your top 11 mm. highest paid players on the Jacksonville Jaguars wow. next year before free agency, of which I know they're already struggling with the cap number. So, because of 
all the money they've already invested. I think they have like $2 million to work with, which obviously isn't enough. Is, wait, is that right that Roy Robinson Harris was among their top four paid players? Yes, this past year. He is due, uh, he, let he me was tell another, you. Remember, 2022, remember, he's making, he, his cap number was nine. $9 million, which is second most to Rayshon I mean, Jennings. In the last two Actually, no, third most because Shaq Griffin's Seriously, on Seriously, in the last two years, I think I've made him, I've seen him play, make, I don't know, four plays, five plays? Remember, he was a project coming out of Chicago. He, he was inspiring. He was going, he was ascending. And we took Maybe shot. four or five plays in two years, honestly. Yeah, I, I haven't heard his name that much. No. Do you have a thought on who the Jaguars should restructure? <laughs> How should the roster look next year? We don't want to look to 2023, but we do want to find who's fierce, Who's going to spearhead this playoff run in 2022? Who sticks around? Hit the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. People get ready as a train of coming. You don't need no We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. So we've been talking about uh, who needs to go on that Jaguars defense. Looking into the future here on XL Primetime. And all of a sudden I started thinking, well, how about the near future? Like Sunday Mm -hmm. when Yuli's own King Henry Oh gets, yeah, gets moving there in Nashville. Well, that was just, that was just, uh, the song was specific to who's coming into town. People get ready. There's a train to come. That's uh, Derek that song is about the Lord. Yeah, and Derek, it, the song Derek Henry's about as close yeah, to the Lord as he gets. Yeah, the song back the, NFL, the right. song is by Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. Right. But when I hear the song and say people get ready, there's a train coming. I just think about uh, the fact that Derrick Henry's coming. That he's going to. Uh, we got to go into. Uh, Derek Henryville. You think this Dewey Sunday. Wingard is hearing this oh, song? Oh, it's in hilarious his that you say that, JJ. <laughs> because at Jaguars headquarters well, this morning, D Rock said, eh, "You know, I hope Andre Cisco can go, but you know, I wouldn't be too upset if he can't because then someone would have to go up against payback. Derek Henry, a certain number well, forty-two, and would he make another listen, business decision? Listen, Dewey is still in the lead because he made that business decision. All right, a couple of years ago, where he ran that's, side, that's a fair side, take. He ran side by side and escorted him into the uh, touchdown. He didn't run side by side, bro. He, he did, stopped. bro. He Yo, stopped. No, he he jogged alongside of him. You know what I'm I can't remember what game it was. He jogged alongside of him into the he, end zone. The first step was I got to get there. As the second step was moving, it was neutral. And he just glid, glided. Hey, that man, listen, there, that man. man's still in the league. And the that. train went right by him. It did, the train did. <laughs> we have no idea what we're in for this Sunday. Huh? You, got, you got a pissed-off Titans team. Yeah. They got annihilated by the Philadelphia Eagles. You got a Jaguar They're team. They're a mature pissed-off That sleepwalked against the Lions and who have never, ever, 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 Beat the Titans up there in a very, very long time. 3,000 days, apparently. It's been 3,000 days. Hacker, yeah, Hacker had the numbers. Over I was 3, a junior days. in college. Lauren Brooks did the math for me last night, yes. And what's unfortunate is that this, historically against this team, uh, the Jaguars have come up come up short when it came to the one-on-one matchups or the one-on-one toughness. You know, They've had our numbers for the longest. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Jaguars respond to after coming off a lackluster performance against the Lions and now have to go play your nemesis up in Nashville. Are they going to So what you're saying is all, all points, all, you know, all singles <clears throat> point to the Jags winning is what you're saying. 
I, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't see them winning. Not, not after what I saw, and I can only go by what the last thing I saw. And, and if that's if that's if that's what you're going to give me after you played the Ravens before, then I'm I'm expecting same thing. A little bit the same come next right. week. Well, not so, only that. What if you don't have 16? Oh well, then you know they may stay home, forfeit the game <laughs> because the Eagles' uh, run defense forfeit the game held Derrick Henry oh, held Derrick Henry to. 30 yards, so that's your train. And on the other side of things, the Titans, I guess this is true. So as much as, yeah, they they lose 35-10 to and got smoked by the Eagles, the Titans' run defense only allowed 67 yards on the ground, 10 carries for 24 yards for Miles Sanders. So if Trevor Lawrence can't go and you're going to look to Travis Etienne to carry the load. mm, mm. Is Henderson going to be ready? Yes. That's the question. Yeah. Should right. be, well. should be, but then you're, but then, but then, Snoop Connor's probably going to be the healthy scratch because he's only going to have three active running backs. So it'll be Hasty, Etn, and Henderson. And so then you're like, well, here we go again, another fifth round pick that was traded up to get mm. invested capital, how little it, however little it may be, and he's not playing. He's inactive on Sundays. Well, I'll be, you know what? I'll be interested to see how how was the Titans um um. Uh, Pass defense because I mean that that might play into our favor if if we can catch the freaking ball. I know, but I know how I know how the Titans pass rushes. I know exactly. That's what I'm saying. If we can, if we it's going to be in a hostile environment once again. You can't hear once again. Team. Desperate team with elite pass rushers in the front four. So can our offensive line step up to the mic and get it done? That's the question. Because I think if you if we can protect Trevor Lawrence, who I'm hoping playing in the game. I think our, our receivers would have a clear-cut advantage over their receivers. I mean, they, them losing A.J. Brown is big. I don't know anybody else yeah, you want me on to, that team that has that kind of guys right you, want me to, guys. you want me to read off their list of yeah. players that yeah, caught well, they, passes well, they, last yeah, week? Yeah. Uh, Jeff Swaim, former Jaguar. C.J. Board, also a former Jaguar. Nick Westbrook-Ekeen, that I never pronounce his name even though he's correctly, even though he's been in Tennessee seemingly forever. Robert Woods. Traylon Burks, who suffered the concussion on the one catch he mm-hmm. caught, which was the touchdown. Who but, had been playing really well. Yeah, right? he was playing really well. Dontrell Hilliard, Derrick Henry, Austin Hooper, and then Chig Aqu- – I can never pronounce his name. The Maryland tight end. Aqu- so, I, I will say this, yep. though. It's different when you're going up against this defense. So we can say all we want about the guys in that <laughs> yeah, receiving yeah. core. You're right. But because this defensive line can't get pressure. <laughs> yeah. That means the guys in the back end got to cover longer. Yeah. And I don't care who you are. You could just be a guy. C.J. Board's going to get open. Yeah. If they got to cover longer, he's going to get open. Yeah. And you've got a guy that has proven he's played well against the Jaguars, yeah. quarterback. Yeah. So, Well, here, here's what I don't understand about the Jaguars. Um, I mean, you got Devin Lloyd who, who, who they want, he got benched for movement, right? Clearly. He got benched for movement, but he, he, is, he is an active – Fiery type of guy. He probably got benched because of the coverage situation. You know, the, the back end of who to cover, who not to cover, all that kind of stuff. But him not playing in the game, and I'm not saying it factors in, but you want your best athletes on the field. You can't tell me, Dewey, you got Dory Winger in the game, and you got Devin Lloyd on the sideline. How that, how that, how how we're better because of that? That you can't tell. Where are you going to put him though? If he's, if he's a know. liability, go where do you a, put him? I mean, go to a four three. Is it too late to go to four three and get him in at the wheel or something? Is it too late? That's the big question because we were I talking mean, about that this morning. Yeah. Is it that, too late? I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Trayvon Walker, put him down as a true DN. 
and bring have a Devin Lloyd and let him play the wheel or something. Have you ever been on a team that in the middle of the season has gone from an odd I, to front? No, but listen, whatever we're running right now is not working. I don't care what it is. 3-3, three, 3-4, three, three, whatever. 2-5, whatever we're doing right now is not working. No pressure. You can't cover on the back end. Your linebackers are losing tight ends and running backs on on, on wheel routes routine, and flat right yeah. routine routine stuff. Yep, yep. I mean, come on now. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to come up with a way where this team can get athletes on the field and we look a lot better than we looked last week. That's all I'm trying to do. It literally looks like they're just they are they're playing everything in front of them. Is what they're doing, mm-hmm. and they're hoping that at some point you can get a tip ball, you can get a strip sack, fumble, something. That's what they're playing for right now. Every single game, every and even game then, is like that. Even then, Darius Williams had a ball in his mitts. Two hands on. Mm-hmm. Two hands on. Popped out. Touchdown. Yeah, this team is not good enough to miss those kind of opportunities. Uh, they're just not good enough. It, it can't. I, I feel like that's what they're doing, though. I feel like their defense has has basically dissolved to okay. Let's keep everything in front of us. Hopefully, we can get something happen. We can either get a holding call that'll put them behind the sticks. That we it's easier for us to get off the field in three in third and sixteen. Or we can get a fumble strip sack or a poor ball that's been tipped and intercepted. That's literally what they're playing for right now. So as we go back to our conversation about next year, which we don't want to look ahead, but we are, I see Tommy from Neptune Beach says, signing a quarterback in free agency is the move. Is that another Band-Aid fix on a bullet hole, Leon? Because they've done that two of the last off seasons, and here is where the corner position lands. Sign another cornerback? I, I think you got to draft we, a kid. Yeah, well, I would Even rather though, I would rather draft a kid. I, right. I'd rather draft a kid than maybe in the. Second. But it, it is it is on the list of things that need to be paid attention to, of yeah. which there are many because there are many holes on this team, despite all the investments. How high does that rank? Knowing that you don't have a pass rush, so therefore your back end has to cover as long as possible until the night is long, and therefore if you don't have the horses for that course. That that's where you find yeah. yourself in a situation like last Sunday. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: if, uh, where the Jaguars are drafting in the first round, I'm either taking a wide receiver from TCU or I'm taking Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. Mm-hmm. One of those two guys depends on. I, I would, I would. Here's the thing: I would rather give Trevor another weapon so we can outscore people because we can't we can't rush. A well, you cover. got a much better. You have a much better chance of outscoring people yeah. than you do of stopping people right Exactly. Now. So I, I'm, I'm getting the kid from TCU. I'm getting the – what's his um, – Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Quentin Johnson. Although I'm, I did look the other day. He does lead college football in drop percentage. Oh, God. That's Marvin cool. Harrison Jr., they're all out there. Bro. Yeah, they're all out Jackson there. Jackson Smith and Jibba's still going to be yeah, I'm out there. Dr- and Jackson Smith and Jigba may actually fall, too, because he's not playing because of the injury. He's not playing in the playoff. Yeah. And that's, that's he really Jamar hasn't Chase. played all year. That's yeah. Jamar Chase, same thing. He's not falling. He's got plenty of tape. Plenty mm-hmm. Yeah, of I'm tape. just saying. He hasn't I, played all year. I don't, I don't think he's going to go top five like Chase, though. I think he's going to fall to, like, you know, if you're there at 11 or 12, he's going to be there. And Jordan Addison was banged up as well. Wait, well, wait, wait, wait. Who are you saying is going to be at 11 or 12? Jackson Smith and Jippa. No, no. what team's going to be there at 11 or 12 is what I'm saying. I don't know. This team's still got to play the Texans. Uh-oh, no, and... we'll be at nine. Eight nine? Hey, whoa, whoa. If we four finish, and eight right now, bro. We're four and eight. If we, let's say we finish five and 12. That's not that, nine. That's not nine. There's a whoa, higher that's six. That's like five. Five? Oh. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of four win teams. I mean, Jalen Carter's in play. Maybe. Georgia Jaguars. That's a, he's a dog. Now, that's a dog. <laughs> All right, Leon. 
What do you got planned the rest of this fine Wednesday? Uh, I don't know. I'll find something to get into. Yeah, we've been since we got moved from Golf Club of Southampton, yeah. it changes the plans up a little Jags bit. Jags are currently seventh, quickly. We're seventh? Yeah, so they're behind, obviously, Houston. Um, Chicago, Denver, which Seattle has their pick. The Rams, which Terrible. Detroit has their pick. New Orleans, which Philly has their pick. And Carolina. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't see the Rams getting even you. getting another win, maybe. New Orleans... They could get a couple more wins. Denver, I don't know. Chicago might. So the Jags could potentially break into the top five. Yeah, they'll be right around the five. Keep your or fingers six crossed, area. folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're in the top five. We should get Jalen Collins got to I mean, he's a disruptive interiorly. You gotta take that kid. Or, or do or like Matt, you do you take a wide receiver that high if you want to? Do you take the kid? If Jalen Carter's still there, I'm not taking a wide receiver. Okay, there, there you go. Take uh, I think Jalen Carter's the best player in the draft, but all right. I said that about Jeff Simmons a couple years ago, and he laughed at me. And then now look, yeah, he's another right. dog. It seems to be a trend. These defensive linemen that played for schools that their dog was a mascot. Well, we need it from Trayvon Walker, though. All right, Leon. All right. Go enjoy the rest of the day. I, I will. Shall. I will leave you with this, though. Um, we talk about fierce. We talk about needing energy. Look over on that side of the studio. Doctor Barry's got the Red Bull. You I know, see. you know he's bringing the energy. Yeah. He's bringing the energy. Coming yeah. up next on XL Primetime. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in hot. Red Bull in hand. He's coming in hot. Dr. George Bari. Don't tell my wife. I, I was, uh, it's kind of like, like my mom who's probably listening, and I hope she's not asking if I'm drinking a Red Bull. I promise I'm not. The dentist is going to have questions. Uh, I had to make a house call to you last night, Doc. Not for myself, but for the most important toe in all of Duval County. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah. So the, the photo surfaces, of course, from the salon that Marissa Lawrence goes to. They post a picture of her and Trevor visiting, and somehow, some way, that gets sent to me six times last night. And so, when I texted these knuckleheads, I was like, "Let me, let me get a hold of Gio. Let me ask Gio what he thinks of this mysterious foot cast thing that Trevor has on. That, as JJ said, it looks like he's listening. His foot is listening to a podcast, which Matt was able to help us out a little bit with that. Walk us through. Well, yeah. let's start from the beginning yeah. though. When you saw Trevor go down on Sunday, what's your reaction? Yeah. Um. So. We uh, we were texting Hayes and uh, Joe and I about the injury, and his ankle got twisted really bad when you watch. Yeah. yeah, and his knee got hit, and then he grabs the outside of his his knee. So I thought in my head, what we call it, it's called a mesonuve fracture. Basically, it's a fracture of the proximal, which means closer to you portion of the fibula. We always talk about the fibula and the ankle, but it runs up the whole knee. So if you look at your knee, the outside bone, the little knot, mm-hmm. that's your fibula. And a mesonuve fracture is when your ankle gets externally rotated, like his was. You injure your syndesmosis or have a fracture, and then that energy travels up the interosseous ligament, which is the ligament that connects the two bones together all the way up, and it has to exit. It exits on the proximal fibula, and you get a break. It fractures. Almost like lightning. Lightning hits you on one end and exits out the other end of your body, right? Right. Same exact concept. And so when he had that, and he grabbed the outside of of that right on that fibula, I'm like, oh, dude, he has a mesonuve fracture. And then I'm, you know, texting like I'm, I'm really smart here, and he comes out and plays, and, and obviously nothing's wrong. Well, wait, wait, wait. Five, <laughs> five minutes later, he's up playing, and we're like, well, uh, okay. Well, the funny part is though, though, Doc, when I was, you know, when reporters were talking to Trevor, and when I was talking to Doug as well, and I was talking to a couple other people in the building, that's how Trevor described it: was he felt this shock up his. That's why he didn't know if it was the knee or if it was the ankle, and right. that's and now it's the toe. 
So yeah. is it like lightning where it just exited through the towel? Well, I, 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 so I think this toe injury, it, I think it's probably separate. There's no issue with an ankle and a knee having to do with a toe, right? So right. I think he either didn't feel it during the game. I don't know if he felt it during the game or not, but something must have happened. I think it's a separate injury. I think it's coincidental oh, that he hurt his ankle and his knee, and now his, he's in a, sh- a fracture shoe, a post-op shoe, we call it, because they have nothing to do with the high ankle sprain. You think they're lying? No, no. Wasn't there a picture of him a few months ago with the same? Yes, he, ten- had, so he, he had, had the tens. He had a tens unit on like in four or five months ago. In so his he has sneaker. A, so he has a tens unit. Yeah, it's you can tell it's what it is. It's, it's right. got the it's got the thing in his pockets. So the wires are going down yeah. to his foot. So a tens unit it's, is good for like muscular pain, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not quite honest what they would put. I mean, it can reduce some pain. It's been scientifically proven just for pain wise. Yeah, and then the shoe that you had sent me didn't work for me. Yeah, so this is so this is from uh, yeah. a listener and a Jags fan. So this I was is from these guys I know a couple months ago. He said, and it's yeah. the same foot. Yeah, and it's a sneaker. Ma- maybe he has a, a uh, well, like a turf toe because he's wearing a post-op yeah, shoe or a yeah. fracture shoe. It's basically a shoe where it's hard on the bottom and it can't bend, which is a treatment for a turf toe. And so maybe he has just a tens unit to kind of help it heal, um, or make it feel better. Right, tens right. unit doesn't really help you heal; it makes you feel better feel pain-wise. Better, right. So who knows? He still ran for 32 yards. Yeah. I but it's funny. You sent me the photo, and my wife wants to know why. what dry shampoo does he use that he ne- his hair never looks sweaty? Honey Loft, <laughs> so, evidently. Because there were a couple people who you know came back at me on Twitter, like- and they were like, what's Trevor doing at the Honey Loft? And I was like, oh, I don't know. So, What a name, by the way, yeah, Honey Loft. Um, so th- there's, a, there's a very good possibility that what he's got going on now has nothing to do with what happened in that game. I 100%. In that specific play. I, I don't think. Yeah, unless he hurt his toe on that play, but it has nothing to do with that he hurt his ankle and his knee. I, those are they're separate. Now you can hurt one more than one body part in in one play, but they are not related. So he couldn't have hurt. So I guess what I'm saying is, is a toe injury on that play wouldn't have sent like a shock like that. No, okay. I don't think so. Okay, not, no, it would not. Wow, interesting. All right, let's let's move to college real quick. And I wanted this is has been a very very bizarre story all year. So Jackson Smith and Jimba, who's the number one receiver coming into the season, plays for Ohio State, was phenomenal last year. He was only a sophomore. Would have probably been the first receiver taken last year had he been eligible. Comes into, the, comes into this season, first game of the season against Notre Dame. He gets hurt in like early, early, actually midway to late first quarter, okay? And they don't know what it was. They don't say what it was. So week and a half, two weeks later, they say it's a hamstring. Mm-hmm. He tries to come back like four weeks after that game, plays a couple series, I think against Toledo, and nothing comes out. He hasn't played the entire season. He just announced he's not playing in the playoff, and he's going to obviously go to the NFL. So a hamstring now, George, for three, three and a half months. Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time. It's a little worrisome that he can't play. You know, I know I think he's, he's tried to come back, you said, a couple times and, and unable to. Play once, come back, and I think work out prior to the game, and, didn't, and they just said right. no. So, you know, we talk about hamstring tears being sometimes a chronic thing, which is what we see here. I, I'm interested to see if he has, if he's had any other treatment because PRP shots uh, and, like, stem cell shots have been work very well for these. The problem with them is if you do it, you're going to be out right. for six, you know, six weeks. The fact that he tried to come back, to me, makes it seem like they didn't try that because they tried to bring him back and play, and so they didn't do the shots. It's not working. I wonder if now he's going to try to get him because he's already saying, I'm not playing anymore. It's tough. It's a long time. Twelve weeks is, is probably the longer, way longer end of a hamstring issue. 
So you wonder if it's an insertional portion where maybe he has a proximal a tear of the insertion of the hamstring on your ischial tuberosity. That's your butt bone, right? That's your ischial tuberosity. The hamstring attaches to it. You wonder if he has a partial tear there that they're just saying it's a hamstring problem. It's really a partial tear on, on so the So he was bent oddly on the play. Yeah. He got tackled out of bounds and he was his the up his upper torso went one way, bottom obviously the other way. So it could be a muscle or but the fact that he's out this long, it makes you wonder because these teams they hide stuff. They don't tell you everything. Right. Makes you wonder if it's an insertional problem, if the tendon itself is a little partially torn, and that's why he's having this issue. Because a, a partially torn tendon will can be more difficult to deal with than uh, a hamstring, just the muscle itself that's pulled. Okay, so now the important part of this. Well, real quick, Todd McShay did say on ESPN today that NFL scouts believe that he's not hurt. Right. He's able to play. That's what I was going to say. Okay, sorry. That's what I was going to say. The important part is this. This is what I believe. I believe he's been able to play for like three weeks, and he's thought, I'm not doing that. I've got money on the line. I'm not getting hurt again. Well, so yeah. So the important part is the draft because if this team's picking in the top six, seven, he might be there. So that that's if if if, yeah. he, if he did have that type of injury though, well, is that something that can reoccur or is it once yeah. it heals, it heals? Uh, I mean, it depends. You can have people that don't heal enough. and I mean, once it heals, it should heal. But the question is if you go too early and you play too early and it's not fully healed, we'll find out when the combine comes. If he's running and doing fine, he was probably – you know, thanking it. Yeah. Which is fine. I don't mind. You know? <laughs> All right. If you have a question for Dr. Barr, you can hit the text line. Design my lifetime enclosure 641-1010. Breaking bones this and every Sunday before the Wingstop kickoff show at 730 right here. 1010 AM 92.5 FM. And of course, wherever you get your apps. Doc, let's talk ACLs. Let's talk two of the more Famous ACLs now, at least in the last few weeks in all of the National Football League. Von Miller, it was revealed today during an exploratory surgery, or I guess the surgery was yesterday, to repair the lateral meniscus tear that he had to reposition it. It was revealed and discovered while they were cleaning up the cartilage damage that he also had a torn ACL. It is the same ACL, or in the same knee rather, I should say, that he tore in 2013. Mm-hmm. He has since had the ACL repaired now in the last few hours, and he is done for the season. The reason that I tie the two ACLs together is because OBJ is trying to find a home for the playoff stretch run. Will it be the Giants? Will it be the Cowboys? The Cowboys voicing concerns, though, because of how the ACL was repaired in OBJ's knee after the Super Bowl, and that was the same knee that he had previously suffered yeah. the injury to. Yes, um, okay, so anytime you tear one ACL, much higher risk of re-tearing. We talk about this all the time. Von Miller, he had it eight years ago, just tore it. OBJ had it a year before and tore it. This is not a new phenomenon. This is like, I can't believe this happened. This is statistically it's going to happen, and it's unfortunate. Now, um, Von Miller is going to have so – whenever you do a revision, your coming back rate, return rate, is much longer. You don't come back as quick. You just don't. And – you probably won't come back as good. And that's just the way it goes. Unfortunately, it's the way it is. There's there's no magic behind it. You know, OBJ had some issues where they said his first surgery wasn't good and all, blah, blah, blah. That's all agent talk. He was doing just fine, you know. Um, and so no one's happy when you retire your ACL. Like OBJ said, he's happy he tore it so he could redo it. That's all fake, right? He, that's him trying to play it that he's going to do better now. But they did hit his physical, and they weren't too excited about it, which they mentioned. And there's a lot of things you can do. Like basically, one of the things is when you come back, you want your your surgical leg to be about 90% strength-wise as good as the other leg. And maybe they did their testing and, and it wasn't as good. Right. And that's what they're worried about. So it's it's going to be a long a long road for Von Miller. 
And OBJ, you know, he he's not, you know, nine and a half, ten months now, which is good for a primary, but this is his revision. Right. So don't be shocked if it's much longer than that. And it's not unheard of to be much longer than that. It's actually expected when it's a revision. So, you know, this is his third one because he had one in the other leg too. So it's, you know, one of those things, OBJ, he, he, see a lot, there's a lot of stuff going around about, about his knee, but it's way to be seen. Okay, so before we let you go, Florida's new quarterback, Jack Miller, he's the new quarterback because Anthony Richardson got out of Dodge and because, you know, Jalen Kitten is in jail. Um, well, he may be out of jail right now. He's in know. Texas right he's now. Texas. He's at his right. parents' house under right. house arrest. He'll soon yes. be in jail, allegedly. All right, so um, Jack Miller hurt his wrist. I, I, I can't, like, I've, I've talked to people down and I can't tell whether it's a, a fracture or whatever happened, okay? But it took him much longer to recover than they expected. Mm. Like, he was midseason, still not really fully, they didn't feel really good about it. But he's all right now. So, what, what, what is the, what's the length process there? Like, if you, if you have a fracture in your wrist. Yeah. Well, these, these guys come back six it days. Was th- it was throwing wrist, too. Did he get hit on it? I don't know. So these guys, you've seen the pros are coming back in six to eight weeks, which is not what we would recommend in a normal person. They do a little things differently, right? But six to eight weeks is what these guys are coming back, which is about right now, I guess, from midseason, right when he heard it. Could be that. I mean, He heard it early, so he heard it like in fall camp. Yeah, so could it be this? Could it be a fracture? Yes. Could it be a ligamentous rupture? Or there's a big one like the scaphalunate ligament or you know TFCC. Could it be one of those that has taken time to heal? Right. Yeah. Yes, it can be. I don't think he had surgery, correct? No, he did have surgery. Oh, he did have surgery. Yeah. So it could be any one of those things, ligamentous. Ligaments uh, longer than a fracture because they need 12 weeks to heal and et cetera. So right. m- maybe that's the reason. They're very vague on it. But, um, you know, if it's a fracture and it's taking him this long, I would be a little worried because why is it taking him this long? If it's a, um, a ligament, you know, that's not unheard of to be taking a little longer. That's also rehab there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Doc. Let the folks at home know. Breaking Bones Sunday. 7.30. Where else can they find you? Uh, Apple, Google, and Spotify uh, podcast. And on the 1010 XL. And the IG, too. The (laughs) IG is the place to find him. What's that handle on the IG? Dr.GeorgeBari. Dr.GeorgeBari. This one's courtesy of 9204 off the text line. Says, Dr. Bari is the best surgeon. Go see him if you fracture any extremity. Did you tell her to stop texting? Seriously. (laughs) All right, Doc. We appreciate right, it. I also got to make sure uh, because thank I'll say it. I'll say it on the air so I don't forget it. My mom wants to connect with you too. So yeah, about know, back. Whatever. So look at that. See, yep. that's the beauty of him. He really is the best surgeon in town. Go check him out. It's XL Prime Time. XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Music to my ears, JJ. This is how I know JJ's in love right now, see? Because you don't play this song unless you are. Well, uh, interestingly enough, my girlfriend texted me an hour ago. She's like, something's been stuck in my head all day. Yeah, yep. and that's why I'm playing it. So that's have you been blasting you this that. song? Were you blasting it on the drive to Slow Cala over Thanksgiving? <laughs> no, or? no, but I do listen to a lot of Beatles. Yeah, my number one uh, artist on my Spotify this year. Interesting. How could it not be? Exactly. I wouldn't have predicted that. Should be everyone's. That. I wouldn't have right. predicted that. Should be everyone's. Uh, right, I think man. it's it's the Beatles, Bad Bunny, and and Pink Floyd. 
I think, and sublime. You are how, very how eclectic. Random. Yeah, very interesting. You're a man of many tastes, a renaissance man, JJ. Yes. You want to know what's music to my ears? With Will Levis opting out of the Music City Bowl for Kentucky, here's what the Music City Bowl between Kentucky and Iowa is going to feature. Two offenses, Power 5 offenses, allegedly, that are outside the top 100 in scoring. Two top 15 scoring defenses – Iowa's third-string quarterback, who has never thrown a collegiate pass. Kentucky's backup quarterback, who, oh, by the way, if it's the one I think it might be, used to play for Iowa. And both teams lost their number one and number two wide receivers to the portal. Riveting. Do you want to keep bowl games, Matt? Well, yeah, I do want to. I, I mean, I really like bowl games, actually. I, I just, I, it's just. I do, see, too. I, that, that's just a perfect storm of, of issues, that's all. Yeah, I do, too. And for what it's worth, we were all also remarking during the break about seeing some of the younger members of the Florida football team, such as Jack Pyburn, who previous, previously played at Bowles, tweeting about how excited they are for December 17th because they're going to get to play for the first time this year because Florida has, oh, so many players in the aforementioned transfer portal. So speaking of the Gators, by the way. Oh, okay. Hugh Hathcock, who, you know, has more billions than, I don't know. Hugh Hathcock, is a, he's the Gator guard NIL guy, okay? So let me explain what the difference between these two are. So the Florida Collective is, officially connected to the University of Florida, okay? The Florida Collective gives its money to the current athletes. That's who they support, the current student athletes, not just the football players, all of them. Now, obviously, the football players are the big ones. Um, so the, the Gator Guard, however, is not connected to the university. The Gator Guard can give its money to prospective student athletes or transfer portal student athletes. So – Hugh Hathcock tweeted out at 1.15, so about 45 minutes ago, today, exclamation point, a great day to be a Gator, three exclamation points. Now, he did that because... Presumably is because. It because... Is it because that DJ... Now, I haven't figured out how to pronounce his name. It's either Lagway or Layway. It's either Silent G it's or not. It's not Uyagale, though. We have another no. DJ with a questionable D- last it's, name. It's either, it's either Layway or Lagway. I think it's Layway, actually. He's the number two quarterback in the 2024 class, okay? So not this coming class, the next class. He's going to choose between Florida and USC today at four. Today at four. So if Hugh Hathcock, who, again, he is the part of the collective at Florida that's not connected to the university, that can throw all kind of money at anybody he wants. And he's tweeting out today, exclamation point, great day to be a Gator, three exclamation points. Now, it could be other players, well, my guess is it's, it's going to be the, the DJ Layway or Lagway, however you pronounce Not it. Not DJ Uyagale. Uyagale. No, this is L-A-G-W-A-Y. 2024 quarterback? Number two overall. California kid, right? California kid. Number two overall. So he's only a junior. He's only a junior. And, and this, I mean, honestly, what this would do, so this is going to underscore a couple things. Number one, it's going to underscore Billy Napier's ability to recruit. And number two, it's going to underscore – the, the NIL and the money, because they would literally be taking this kid out of his backyard, away from USC, away from, like, and I've said this many, many times, in the world of NIL right now, there's no better place to play college football than, than Los Angeles. It's the money, it's the prestige of the program, it's the glam and glitz of LA, it's, you know, everything is there. It's literally the perfect setup. So, so if, time if, out, time out. So he's actually not. So USC is the fr- other front runner besides Florida. Right. He's from Texas. He's from Texas. Okay. All right. right. All right. But, so then, but it's Florida. But still, Florida. It's still and Florida USC. gets USC. Yeah. So it's still it's still his ability 
Billy Napier's ability to recruit this kid, a five-star elite player, going up against USC. And again, I've said this over and over. USC is, you're talking about the place to be. That's the place to be. Now, you'll hear people argue and say, well, what about USC? And what, I mean, what about Georgia? And what about Ohio State? That's fine. I'm just telling you, the, the, the perfect setup in a perfect world, that's the place to go. It's L.A. With every, where you can get everything, where you can grow your brand, which is what all these young cats now want to do. They want to grow their brand. They want to grow themselves on social media, on the IG, on TikTok. That's where you go to do that. Are we still into 247 sports? I know there's on three. There's the rivals. There's all the different. They're all pretty much the same. Okay. You want to see what the crystal ball What's just crystal was updated ball? to? The balls would update 100%, 100% to Florida. So maybe uh, Hugh Hathcock got a hold of the boys at 24-7. Potentially. Potentially. It, 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 would be, it would be very big. It would actually would be very big if it happens because, again, it's, it's, I think it's – Billy Napier needs something positive right now because right now it's a lot of negative. It's a lot of a 6-6 six and six team with a uber-talented quarterback who never reached his potential – and I, you know, Danny, don't we have some 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 audio on Danny talking about Anthony Richardson? Danny, of course, Danny Thompson, our our uh, resident QB guru here at Ten Ten XL, and also Anthony Richardson's uh, quarterback coach. Yeah, I, I think the fact that Anthony Richardson didn't develop into a guy that could be a difference maker in college football. You know, whether you whether you're on the side of the kid's not that good of a player or the kid is a good player, he wasn't coached right. That's going to be a red flag for some people, for, especially for recruits. So for Billy Napier to get this kid, if he does get him, it's a big deal. It's a very, very big deal to kind of stop the bleeding. A 6-6 six and six team, a quarterback that didn't develop, a roster that's lost 19 guys in the portal right now, um, they're bleeding a little bit right now. So this would be a big, big move for them. Because my question is, DJ Lagway, even if you get him out of Willis, Texas, he's still not going to help you next year. They're going to need a transfer. And even then, this kid's not coming in until after until 2024. So then you probably need a quarterback to get you through that season unless he's ready to play right away. No, well, you also have the kid who they lifted from Miami. Rashada. Who, Jalen Rashada, who's... But are, so you're putting all your eggs in that basket. No, no, I'm saying you, you have Jalen Rashada, mm-hmm. who... I'm, my, this is just my guess. My guess is when they... Typically what they do, either right before signing day or after signing day, they'll reshuffle... And they'll see after everybody's season's over, and they'll redo their system. Uh, my guess is this guy's going to be a five-star quarterback by the end of it. So you, you're, you're at least you've got two young guys. So what he's going to do in this offseason, he's going to get two guys from the portal. Be it Devin Leary, be it Sam Harden, Hartman, whoever. He's going to get two older guys, and two, and he's going to have Rashada, and then the following year he'll have Lagway. So that, that's the, the optimal goal is to have a couple guys that can play right now, and a couple guys that if you coach them upright and they're ready to go could be difference makers, which is what he might have with the two young guys. And, I look, I think Sam Hartman could be a difference maker right away, step right in there and play well. Is that still in the picture? Because I know I heard Hayes and Frank were talking about it yesterday. Is, is Sam Because Sam Hartman hasn't gone into the portal. He has not announced. He's not announced. He's, he's, he's not going to go to the NFL. I'd be shocked if he went to the NFL. He's already told Wake that he's not. Well, he, did, he didn't. Let's put it this way. He did not. He did not, uh, when he was asked about whether he was coming back to, to Wake, it, he, it was made very clear that he wasn't to the media, the media scrum there. This was on, the, on their senior day, senior, the senior week for Wake Forest. Um, so I'd be shocked if he went back there. I'd be shocked if he went to the NFL. So he's probably got one more year somewhere. Devin Leary also is, if you remember Devin Leary last year, a terrific quarterback. This year gets hurt midway through the season. Um, 
has a, a season-ending injury. So he's another guy I think that's possible for them. There are quarterbacks out there um, right now. Hudson Card would be a good one for them. But, again, these aren't guys that are going to be, whoa, all right, now they're going to win 10 or 11 games. These are just guys that are going to get you past that 6-6. Six and six. These are guys that are going to get you to 8-4, and four, maybe 9-3. and three. Um, I think Sam Hartman could get them to 9-3, and three, maybe, even, maybe even better, if depending on what happens in this home stretch here in recruiting and what happens throughout with the portal because they're going to need 20, 22, 23 players in the portal. Another guy that got to nine wins this past year, Jordan Travis. I want to get your take, Matt. As I've seen, I saw Micah Pittman, Jordan Travis's wide receiver, was tweeting, he's keeping receipts when Jordan Travis wins the Heisman next year, that he's calling it now. Jordan Travis is coming back to win a Heisman. Hell, we talked yesterday about Stetson Bennett's camp told me in January he was coming back to win a Heisman. He's going to New York on Saturday. So my question is, let's get away from Gainesville for a second. Let's go out to Tallahassee. We ask this a lot. What is the ceiling for them next year? But I look at that situation, the quarterback situation. Next year's got to be the year for them. I know Duffy's a guy that a lot of people are high on who's coming up through their system, and I know that Mike Norvell's bringing in another Elite 11 quarterback in the next recruiting cycle. But they're kind of all in next year. Correct me if I'm wrong. They better get some defensive players, I can tell you that. If you want to be all in next year and you think you can get to the playoff, you're going to need – I don't think they're good enough on the defensive line. I don't think they cover that well in the back end. And, I mean, you saw it against Florida, against a quarterback that was his second to last throw was 30 feet over the guy's head. You got a backup tight end who's a walk-on, Jonathan Odom, who runs a 14-yard dig route, and, he's, and there's no one even close to him. He, he literally pushed the corner off. So I think they got to get better in the back end. I think they need to get more guys up front that can be difference makers. I love Jordan Travis. Love him. I think he's a terrific college player. He's not an NFL quarterback. I think he'll get better as a thrower. He'll be better next year as a thrower. I, just, I don't see him as an NFL quarterback. I just don't. I might be wrong. All right, in three years down from the road, if you're keeping receipts, great. Say it. I just don't see it. I don't see it from him. I think he's a fantastic college player. I love watching him play the game. He's everything college football is about. Um, he's a great story. Uh, a guy on his second team, you know, if didn't work out the first time, goes to another team. He went through a tough situation when he got to the second team. They, they recruited over his head, got a guy that was injured, Mackenzie Milton, and thought he could play. He's been through a lot, and now he's finally starting to develop and become this unique-type player in college football. So I'm not minimizing anything about him. I think he's a fantastic player. And I just don't think he's an NFL quarterback. The funny part is, I was going to say to you, the reason that they don't have to worry about the back end is because they play in the ACC. So they're afforded that luxury out in, in Tallahassee in God's country. But since we were talking about Jordan Travis's travels, uh, remind me again. Matt, what school did he begin at? Louisville. Louisville, another ACC institution that um, Jeff Brom played at and now will be the head coach at, having left his uh, former stomping grounds at Purdue. This was just released courtesy of Tom Deinhart. Deinhart, I never pronounce his name right. Deinhart from On3. Here is the text that Jeff Brom just sent to his players at Purdue who just went to a Big Ten title game less than a week ago to let them know he was leaving. Hello, guys. I wanted to reach out and inform everyone that I have decided to accept, spelled E-X-C-E-P-T, the University wow. of Louisville head football coaching job. While I love Purdue dearly, the time is right for me to go back home. I just spoke to our football team at 1 p.m. today. I will personally reach out to each and every one of you in the next 48 hours to answer any questions you may have. Thank you, Coach Jeff Prom. Well, first off, to be fair, he could have just been talking into Siri, and she changed accept to accept. 
That's possible. I mean, we've all done that. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's he's going home. I love you very, very right, much, right. period. What's for dinner? <laughs> what do you want me to go get for sustenance? All right, so I, I mean, I Hello, actually, Shrap. I, I, I actually think that it's it's a good move for him because he played there. Um, I believe his wife is from there as well. He loves the area. I mean, fine. That's it. It's they should have got him the first time, four years ago. Um, I, I will say this: this is the first time now where, where we we will have we have seen a power coach, power conference coach. We can't even call him Power Five anymore because they're not all even. So a power conference coach, and the two power conferences are the Big Ten and the SEC, go from a power conference where you're getting $75 million a year or $80 million a year in media rights money to a lower-tier power conference at the ACC where you're getting about 37 38 So it's, it's a significant drop-off. It's a significant ability to you know, build a program. It's, it's much easier to build a program in the Big Ten or the SEC than it is in the ACC. Now, you still may have bunch of boosters with a bunch of money, and they'll pay whatever you want to get players. That's fine. It's just interesting, the dynamic of that, where you're now seeing coaches leaving those major conferences and going to other conferences. Will there be more? I'm just happy for the good people of Louisville. They've had a rough week. Scott Satterfield left them for their opponent in the Fenway Bowl. Their basketball team still hasn't won a game yet. I'm just glad at least they The got. men still haven't won a game yet? They still have not won a game yet. That's not. Yeah, all eyes. I was listening to Mike Rutherford this morning. All eyes on December 17th when they Plus, play FAMU, baby. They can't be upset about Sat because they were going to fire him five weeks into the season. So they can't be upset about that. Listen, they're just agents of chaos. Remember, they once hired Rick Patino at Sexel Primetime. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. 23 minutes past the 2 o'clock hour, Wednesday edition of XL Primetime. Thanks for joining us. Mia O'Brien, Matt Hayes, JJ LaSelva, Joe C. Off at the Golf Club of Southampton. Of course, XL Primetime is brought to you by the Golf Club of Southamptons on Wednesdays. But this Wednesday in particular, they are having their Toys for Tots tournament, which Joe C. is at. You could stop on by any time today and drop off a unwrapped toy, a new toy for a young child in need. The Marines are at the Golf Club of Southampton collecting those toys, so make sure you stop on by. And if you can't get out there today, we will be out at, remind me the name, the specific name of the new car wash, a mile from where we are right now on Southside Boulevard that we are going to on Friday, JJ. I'm going to pull it up make sure we get it. Is it brand Rise new. and Shine? Yes. Hold on. Make sure we get this one. I want to make sure we get the right name. It is called Liquid Sunshine. Liquid Sunshine. Excuse there me. it is. The new Liquid Sunshine Car Wash. We're going to be there on Friday, XL Primetime, 12 to 3. So stop on by. You also can drop off your unused toy there. We continue our conversation with the ranks of college football because I know you said this on the program Monday, Matt Hayes, that it's pretty obvious where DJ Uyungalele. Uyungalele. Uyungalele from Clemson. Now in the transfer portal, he's pretty much a done deal to UCLA. 
I'm curious, some of these other big names, I know we just talked about Dennis, Dennis, uh, uh, wow, I can't, I can't, names are hard today. Sam Hartman's a name I know. I know we talked about, and then Leary, a bunch of others that are going into the transfer portal. Who are some of these other names that you're hearing in potential landing spots? Because I know we saw uh, Jerkovic out of BC almost instantly hop on over to join Pat Narduzzi and Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, yeah, that one was yeah. pretty instantaneous. We know JT Daniels is back in the portal. How soon do you think until we hear about the landing spot for some of these guys? Because I think I think what what's going on right now? These kids are these kids are very smart. Okay, they realize they can play one school off another, and they realize they can increase their value from, from that. And I think it's a great move. I, if I was if I was one of these kids right now in the portal, I wouldn't do anything. I would just let it marinate a little bit and let everybody come to you and say, here's what here's what I can do. Here's the, here's what, you know we can do here's this or whoever it is coming. I'm not saying it's a school. If it's you know the Hugh Hathcocks of the world, this is what we can do. I just let it marinate a little bit, and I think that's what a lot of them are doing. Because I, I think Alabama's going to look for a quarterback. Notre Dame's looking for a quarterback. Um, there are some big time programs that are looking for quarterbacks right now. And we still don't know what's going to happen with Quinn Ewers at Texas. He very easily could leave because I mean Arch Manning's coming in, and, and Quinn Ewers started off kind of well and then kind of tapered off a little bit. So we don't know what's going to happen with him. There's all kind of stuff going on right now, and I think the schools are waiting probably another week, maybe a little less than that, just, just for quarterbacks. Um, and then I think they're kind of looking at, okay, this is what we need. Let's try and get this guy or that guy. Then you start ad- identifying people. As far as offensive linemen, defensive linemen, man, they're offering these guys right now. Right now they're saying this is what we can do. You know, come here. And and But a lot of these kids are just playing it safe. They're just, they're just being patient. I think it's a – it's a smart move, and and a lot of these guys do not have people advising them, but the the smart thing to do right now is to just say, all right, I'm in the portal. I'm in the portal. Here's my number. I've, I've seen guys on Twitter, players on Twitter say, I'm officially in the portal. Here's my email address. Like, And, and they're just waiting, and I think it's smart. I do. Deion so if Sanders. somebody was smart, like someone's uh, Silicon Valley, you'd make a LinkedIn for the transfer portal. Giving you guys like a, a public well, I mean, you can access there, the transfer portal. Yeah, there actually is. I mean, what the, the NCA actually has a page. Uh, so the portal is actually a portal. Yeah, oh yeah, it's oh, a public record. You place a public record. <laughs> you I need go, that. You can go on the NCA. JJ's going to go down the rabbit hole tonight. I thought it tonight. was just like a no, uh, something funny. I'm that's pretty sure it's NCA, NCA.com. You can find it on there. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. And, but you can also go anywhere. Like twenty four seven sports literally has it updated to the minute. Everybody that goes into the portal, they have it. It's an easy link to find. Just do 24-7 Sports Transfer Portal. Um, but they all have it. On3, ESPN. Everybody has it now. It's such a big thing. Um, but it's, it's again, it's I think the, the, the skill players, beginning with the quarterbacks, are probably going to take the longest. The rest of those guys, they're going after right now. Because the quarterbacks know they're at, they're at high market value right now. So they're trying to get as much as they can. You know, there's they did the same thing last year. So, I mean, Brett, our salesman, came and was showing me a story where JT Daniels last year wanted, or, wanted from Oregon State a four-bedroom house to rent, big enough to put a gym in. He wanted a personal chef. And West wanted, Virginia gave and this wa- to no, him? No, no, no. This is what he wanted from Oregon State. Yeah, I know. what he wanted it from Oregon State. I, I don't know what did, uh... West Virginia gave him. But, but just imagine, like, imagine, like, going, like, a representative reaching out from Oregon State, not the, the school, but, like, a Hugh Hathcock. What do, you know, what's it going to take? A four-bedroom home, big enough to put a gym in. I want a personal chef. I want this car. I want this car for my family. It's like, you know, it's like the Caddyshack movie with Spalding's. I want hamburger. No, I want a cheeseburger. 
you know, and at some point you just say you'll get nothing like it. JJ, weren't we guy. just talking about the seven bedroom penthouse in four Manhattan? Four like way too much. For I was a just thinking kid? that. And you don't need a four bedroom to fit a gym in there. I mean, whatever. Does to he need each an his office? Own. I guess he does. All day. They're all doing school from home now. So. Oh, the, he doesn't care about schoolwork. He's on his, like, his fifth school. Jeez. This will be his fourth school, yeah. Well, you want to know who's only on his second school, and I truly believe, in my opinion, it's his second school. I'm cool. I've always, I mean, I'm cool with the transfer, the one one time transfer rule as well. I'm really cool with the JUCO transfer rule. I think that even beyond athletics, I think having junior colleges, community colleges, doing two years there and then transferring for two years, that academically can be a great opportunity for folks. But I'm really cool with it also in the in the athletic ranks. You want to know who has only been to one JUCO and then one. Power Five University. I think it's Stetson Bennett. Stetson right? Bennett, folks. Heisman finalist, national champion. You are loyal to Stetson quarterback. Bennett. Quarterback, no Stetson that, Bennett. Man. Let the record show, baby. Go out, Blackshear. Let's go out with a bang. Um, but I want to read the fun fact to you guys uh, and for our listeners because this was making the rounds on Twitter this morning. Taylor Dahl sent it to me first thing. In 2016, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy. In 2022, Stetson Bennett, Heisman finalist. They were both born in the year 1997. Lamar is, right? Lamar is January of 1997, and Stetson is October. I know that because we have a similar birthday, 1997. So technically, they're in separate grades. They're they're the great like one's in the grade ahead of the other, but they were both born in the year. That's a funky fact. Is 1997. What that is. Yeah, that is definitely a funky wow. fact. Shout out to my fellow Scorpio, Stetson Bennett. We've talked to a lot of NFL circles. There's no doubt that the kid's going to be a first-rounder in their eyes. It's how does he answer those questions? How does he explain, why did you come out after one year? And then talk to me about Kentucky. Talk to me about South Florida. Talk to me about whatever, and let's hear that explanation. And so I, the thing I know about Ant, he's going to be truthful. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. All right, one more segment to go here on XL Primetime. And I was trying to show these guys. I finally figured, all right, I'll just show you the center field moment from the Florida Florida State game. We got some time. We got time today. And, you know, the Jonathan Odom running the perfect little 14-yard dig there and the ball going 20 feet over his head was uh, unique. Look, he's, he's got a first, talent. He's a first-round talent. He's a first-round talent. He has, he has the arm talent. He's got the ability to stress defenses with the legs, which is what more and more teams now are, are using. Uh, you know, look. To me, it's all about processing. Can he process it at that level? That's a, I mean, it was a heavy lift for him in college football, okay? It was an extremely heavy lift. Like you heard Danny say, you know, talk to me about USF. Talk to me about Kentucky. Well, talk to me about Missouri. Talk to me. You can go right down the list in these games. He had good games. There's no doubt about that, okay? I, I don't want to minimize the, when he played well. There were, there were stretches in the season where he played well. There were plays where you're like, yeah, yeah, that's an NFL quarterback. The throw, the 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 skinny post to uh, Pearsall, one of the three touchdowns against Florida State, a great NFL throw. The problem is, it's you get those throws, and it's one of them, and about five or six of. Wait, what did you see there? Like, what did you see there? Because he's he has the ability to make the throw. He has the ability to make that 12-yard dig to Jonathan Odom. Like, what did he see? And, like, you know, we watched that, and we, and, and we saw the throw, and you look at the guy, that, the corner that was covering was, like, holding his arms out. Like, what? 
So like it was it was if he throws that ball on time and with anticipation, it's not only a first down, it's first and goal with not first and goal, first and ten from like the thirteen or fourteen with forty forty six seconds to go. Instead, you're looking at fourth and twelve in an in an untenable situation at that point. Carson Wentz. That's my first response. Um, because he makes plenty of bonehead plays to go along with the great ones. Although Josh Allen, you also could argue, which is the new comp since we've gotten away from Cam Newton for Anthony Richardson. Now the comp I've seen a lot is Josh Allen. And because Josh Allen was a first-round pick, Anthony Richardson's going to be a first-round pick because of ceiling and this, that, and the other. But the other part of it for me, Matt, and you tell me this because I wasn't around in the early stages of Dabo Sweeney's development of Clemson because I was a high schooler and a college kid. Um, As that dynasty is coming into full form, I'm curious because that's now been a knock on Trevor Lawrence. Not so much to Sean Watson, but we saw it with a couple of the other quarterbacks, and maybe that's part of why DJU is transferring. How much, knowing that Billy Napier came from that system, he also came from Nick Saban's of Dabo Sweeney's once upon a time, how NFL-ready do you have to be to play quarterback in the Florida system right now versus a Trevor Lawrence who comes to the National Football League, has all the generational talent, but then the question became, well, he was running a Mickey Mouse offense at Clemson. Well, first off, let me just say this. The Mickey Mouse offense stuff's an excuse. That's an excuse by the, by the former staff or even this staff because he's not ready. He, he's running the same stuff everybody else in college football is running. And you're talking, no, 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 no. Trevor, Trevor, I'm, I'm, Clemson I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm talking about, about Clemson. Clemson. Yes, yes. I'm talking about Clemson. Yes. So before we go anywhere, I'm gonna talk, I, want, I want to address that yep. real quick. Clemson's running the same thing everybody else in college football is running, which, oh, by the way, oh, by the way, the NFL's taking more and more of every single year, all right? So that's an excuse. It's an absolute excuse. He was not coached well last year. It was a wasted year last year. Now you're seeing what he's like this year. The only thing he got from last year is he saw different defenses and he figured out the speed of the game. Now he's getting coached. So to me, that's an excuse. That's a whole other story for another time. Um, I, I don't know if you have to be NFL ready. I think you have to be... And this is what Billy has clearly learned from this year. You can't try and drive a square peg into a round hole, man. You can't. And and Billy has to figure out, okay, I need a guy that can run what I want to run and what we do and what we do best and what's been successful. What was successful at Louisiana for me? And people can make fun of him and call him Sunbelt Billy and all that. He won a conference championship. He played in the conference championship every year. He knows how to win games. You know, are you going to call Urban Meyer Mac Mac Herb because he won at Bowling Green? Or are you going to call him Mountain West Herb because he won at Utah? Guess what? He won a national title at Florida. He won a national title at Ohio State, too. So it's not I – don't, I don't buy any of that stuff. It's you got to find the right guys for your system, the guys that will buy into everything you're doing and the guys that know football and the guys that know how to process. Quarterbacks I'm talking about. So it's – I look at this simply as – I don't think Anthony is mature enough yet, not as a person, as a quarterback, developed, mature enough yet to, to run a complicated offense. Could he be? Of course he can. 100% he can. So I, I just look at him, he's a – and I don't, think it's the, I don't think it's the ceiling thing. I think it's more of let's just coach this kid. Let's coach him and get after it for like three years where he doesn't have to play. We'll just stick him on our sideline and we'll coach him for two or three years. Then we'll get him in the game and see what happens. Which says to me two things. One, there were enough quarterbacks that were thrust into duty this past year, whether it's Malik Willis, whether it was, I mean, Sam Howell. 
that maybe they were supposed to sit for a while. Is that a guarantee with Anthony? But then my other thing is, was he not coached at Florida? Well, I, I don't. Okay, that's another thing. Is too. that an indictment now I for don't know future th- quarterbacks who may be looking to come work with Billy Napier in Gainesville? So here's the thing: I, I don't know that it's, he wasn't. Clearly, they could have coached him better. That's number one. Number two, I think it's there's there's more external situations going on right now. Number one, he's a Gainesville kid, so he grew up with all that pressure playing for his hometown university of trying to win games. He's an emotional guy, so that got to him, and I think he just got too far into the emotion of. I've got to do every play right instead of just saying, look, when I prepare during the week, I'll be fine on Saturday. And I think it just got into his head. So I think once he gets away from that situation, he gets away from, the, from playing in the SEC. Look, playing in the NFL is way worse than the SEC. All I'm saying is he, at that level of college football, he's worried about winning for his hometown school, where he's worrying about doing everything right, where he's worrying about being a Gator. He's also got to play in the SEC. So it's a bunch of different things with a new coaching staff, and with a lot of pressure on him. Now he goes to the NFL, and it's just going to be, kid, sit down over here. We're just going to teach you for two years. Let's see what happens then. And I think that's the best thing for him. I think that's why he left early. He knows he's not going to play right away. Go sit and learn. Have some guy sit there, a quarterback's coach in the NFL, work exclusively with you. You. He's working with you. And there's no 20-hour limit. There's nothing like that. Let's figure out the ideas, the concepts, the nuances of playing the position. And I think if he can get that type of coaching for two, three years, he's got a chance. Speaking of quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence is having his regularly scheduled press conference as we speak. Um, looking at it right now, he doesn't have his pads on. He did not practice today, but he's got his jersey on. He's got a signature Jags cap on. So we'll keep you posted on what QB1 here in Jacksonville has to say as we hand it off to the Frangie Show. Coming up next on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Frank Franchi joining us from Island Wings on Southside Boulevard. Frank, I will refrain from asking and gloating about Aaron Judge's new nine-year, $360 million deal. I will instead hit you with the latest news from Trevor Lawrence himself. He is meeting with reporters as we speak down at TIA Bank Field, and he says he is planning on playing on Sunday despite not practicing today. What is your reaction to that? All right, well, first of all, congrats there, Highway 9 on uh, 99 because uh, I think that's a big deal for the Yankees, and I think that's where he should have stayed. So and he's going to get the that. captain band, too, so it makes me happy. The C on his chest. Yeah, I, uh, I think Trevor's going to play. I thought that all along. Remember, he came, he came back into the game. I mean, he, he, he came into the game and ran and was loose and free and easy. If he, if he could do that, you know it's not injured, right? There may be soreness and there may be something, but if he could come back into the game, Kevin Kaplan is, is as good a team surgeon and team doctor as there is in the league. I promise you that. They're not letting him come back into the game unless he can. So if you come back into the game, if he had not come back into the game, I think we'd have been, you know what I mean? I think we'd have been nervous all week long. But the fact that he came back in, and I think holding him out of practice is a wise precaution, but I would have been very surprised if he didn't play in that game. For the Jaguars, Frank, at this point in time, is it truly a playoff push is in the picture? I mean, you heard Doug Peterson this morning. He said that there is still a chance, and so they're going to keep acting like there's a chance. Well, the reality is, there's two realities, Mia. Number one, it's probably not likely that a team that's four and eight is suddenly going to win five in a row. That's that's re- that's our reality as we watch this team and try and be objective from afar. That, as, as members of the media or fan base, we try and be realistic. The, the evidence doesn't suggest that. 
But, shoot, if I'm the coach, I feel the same way. Win all five games, you're in. Uh, Mike Keith is come, coming on the show with me today, Mia, the play-by-play voice of the Titans, one of my buddies, and he, he's going to make the same point. That, look, they win five in a row, they're in, because that'll mean they beat the Titans twice. That'll, the Titans just have to get beat one at a time, which they're probably going to if they lose twice to the Jaguars. So, yeah, I don't think there's any other way to play it. It's like, let's, go, let's go get to the playoffs. It's nice to be in the second week of December and you have a chance to get to the playoffs, however remote it might be. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about on the show today. However remote it might be, you got a chance to get there. And that's a lot of teams would like that in past years, don't you think? So I absolutely, like it. absolutely. Looking yeah. forward to that interview. What else you guys got cooking over at Island Wings today? Yeah, we were having a fun time. We're having that coconut shrimp. By law, I'm supposed to say that because yes. that's what Hayes always says. Always. So we're going to have that. Uh, Chris Harry is a terrific beat reporter who covers the Gator basketball team. Mia, he's done it. He's the best. He travels with the team. Uh, he's going to stop by at some point by phone to preview that Florida UConn game tonight. We'll really get an idea if the Gators are as, as pedestrian as it, it appears. They're playing the ninth ranked team in the country uh, tonight. A nine o'clock game. He'll stop by. Mike Keith at five o'clock today uh, to talk Titans and Jags. All that and a whole lot more coming up in just a bit. Thank you so much, Frank. Looking forward Look, to it. I, that that UConn team, love, by the way, is number five in the Mo Bryan AP Top 25, and I believe the overall AP Top 25. I love my boy French. Known for 30-plus years. Love, I love him like a brother. What he forgets to mention, and what everybody else forgets to mention, is four of those five teams that you got to quote-unquote beat if you win out are also, oh, by the way, playing for the playoffs. Deep in the playoff race. The Titans twice, the Cowboys, and the Jets. So it's and, technically three and, teams. Technically on, three and, teams, just one of them twice. And, oh, by the way, the team that you haven't beaten on the road since when? 2013. 2013. Okay. Good luck with that. Positive vibes send you all off into your, the rest of your Wednesday afternoon with. This has been XL Primetime for Joe C. For Leon Searcy, for Matt Hayes, for J.J. LaSalva. I am Mia O'Brien. We'll catch you tomorrow.